Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Kino Clash. I say this week's, but we haven't been posting on a schedule for like three months now. Who's That's on it, me. Kyle? Oh, okay. I, oh, it's it's all me. I'm trying. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make sure it didn't go without blame. <laughs> not, with, not for lack of episodes <laughs> yeah. edited and ready. <laughs> no, no, no. We've, we've got a backlog. I'm just kind of sitting here. Uh, having... Taking my, time, taking my time. Existential crisis after existential crisis. It's okay though. I think I think we're about to be back on the schedule. I'm gonna turn my input volume down just a little bit. All right, that should be better. Um. Anyway, welcome. So we are. Uh, what is this episode? Twenty five. Mm-hmm. Twenty five. Uh, this is an 8v9 matchup. My 8 seed, Citizen Kane, versus Brendan's 9 seed, uh, Metropolis from 2001, the animated picture and not the French picture from 1927. Um, important. Very important. There. Now, ordinarily, uh, Metropolis would be going first, but this is our second old boy situation. Um, we literally cannot watch it anywhere over a digital medium so brendan is giving his disc to my parrot page to come fly to me and Kyle, alex i got so scared that you were saying your parents and i was like oh, am i have to clean up my apartment <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh shit no they would never go to that that a- apartment <laughs> not a best western on the side of i-75 um and yeah ryan ordered a steelbook anyway this is all to say uh we're switching it up we're putting the higher seed first um and uh yeah we're about to talk about kane so uh this is a this is a little indie film from 1941 uh directed by orson first time director uh up and comer yeah yeah um and the tagline i love this (laughs) The tagline on Letterboxd is, it's terrific. (laughs) (laughs) And the description reads, newspaper magnate Charles Foster Kane is taken from his mother as a boy and made the ward of a rich industrialist. As a result, every well-meaning, tyrannical, or self-destructive move he makes for the rest of his life appears in some way to be a reaction to that deeply wounding event. I feel like you're kind of like a little too much, too much yeah. there. But. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, too it's, much and also like not entirely true. He's not he's not like stolen from his mother. His mother sells him essentially to the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I guess if we were gonna do a Citizen Kane off the cuff, um, it's about a it's about a real rich guy. Yeah, and his life. It, it, it uh, it's it's uh what a uh, sort of a a Dickensian story of rags to riches, back to rags. <laughs> but not, not really. really. He just keeps getting richer. <laughs> what if the, what if yeah, the rags so are I, more uh, of a costume w- piece the second time around and not actually? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, this is my third time watching this. I think I mentioned last time I watched it for the first time when Mank came out. 
Um, and I think the only first time here was Alex, yes. right? Oh, oh, do we need to introduce ourselves? Probably should. Well, that, um, that was Alex. That was Alex. Okay. I'm, I'm Brendan. Alex Wells. <laughs> I'm Brendan Foster Kane. <laughs> I'm Ryan the Statue Collector. <laughs> Extraordinaire. And me? I'm Joseph Pulitzer. <laughs> Not some kind of hack newspaperman <laughs> from the 40s. Looking at you, William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> oh, Kyler, you're going to have to lead the, uh, the, yeah. the Wikipedia article summation of, of that whole kerfuffle with this movie. What, the William Randolph yeah. Hearst hit yeah. piece? Well, well, we can get to that after we get into Oh, yeah, thoughts, I was just making but, sure uh, that you did address uh, it. I appreciate it. I, I wasn't going to, but I will. Um, so, anyway. Alex. Take us away. Okay. Um, <laughs> got me on the spot here. I was not ready. Anyway. Uh, oh, uh, hold on. Alex on the spot. That's my favorite Hans Zimmer uh, track from Madagascar 2. <laughs> um, Alex on the spot. Is that a real song? Yeah, everyone look it up. Alex on the spot. Sick as hell. It features Will I Am. <laughs> do you actually know this? Is this a real thing? This is a real song. Alex on the why spot. Do you, why do you know the name of it's the Madagascar 2? Because <laughs> it's good. When I, was, when I was getting swole, when I was getting buffed during quarantine, it was on my workout playlist because it's sick as hell. All right. <laughs> this, this makes sense to me. Um, yeah, this is my first time watching Citizen Kane. And of course, I knew going into it that this movie has quite the reputation behind it. Um, somehow, all my life, I've managed to avoid pretty much any story details or spoilers about this movie. All I knew about it is that it is good considered to be the greatest movie of all time. I'm vaguely familiar with Orson Welles. Um, but for the most part, I went in pretty blind. And I'll have to say, I, I see where everyone's coming from here. Uh, this movie is <laughs> pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, it, it's just, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, how the hell was this made in the 1940s? This feels like it was made in this decade, but made black and white. Um, it, it just, everything about it feels so incredibly ahead of its time. And it's so... It's very Kubricky in that everything feels so purposeful and meticulous in this. Um, it's shot absolutely beautifully. I love everything that they do with framing, with their use of light. Um, this movie just shines in black and white. I feel like having it in color would be a detriment to it. Um, the only downside I have of this movie, and it's very minor, is that the story didn't keep me super engaged throughout it i mean the story was good i was following through and and i was entertained enough but i i wouldn't say that this is necessarily an outstanding story um but the ending really kind of wrapped everything up in a nice bow and and was just such a nice little conclusion to the story um yeah i i really 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 liked it 
If there was a trademarked phrase that you would use to describe how nice and wrapped up the end of the story is, is there one that you would off the top of your head? Um, I mean, off the top of my head, if I didn't like study for this, I would probably equate it to yeah. something that's very little, um, perhaps very compressed, like tight. Um, yeah, sure, I, yeah. Maybe a package, almost like, like a, a present, yeah, or a parcel or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, a parcel. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say a. a a compressed, a tiny compressed parcel tiny of a movie, if you would. <laughs> That's what they say in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, just to keep in tradition, I, I fucking hated this movie. It was garbage. Yeah. Stinky. It smelled bad when I booted it up on HBO Max. I was like, oh, what's this smell? Um, no, I, I, like, I like this movie. <laughs> This movie's good. It's a good movie. I, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think that it's, as Alex said, way ahead of its time. I think one of the most satisfying things that at least I do when I watch the movie is just try and look for those inspirations uh, that uh, other like more contemporary famous directors uh, had to have taken from it. I mean, I think that if you watch this movie and not see every Tim Burton movie that has ever made any cultural impact present within a lot of the uh, uh, VFX, like then, then you're not paying attention. Because every time they show uh, Florida Xanadu or whatever, and it's that mountain, it's like that's that's Tim Burton's Batman. Like that's exactly those shots, everything. Um, and even a lot of like the, the more like weird lighting uh, and, and some of the uh, what present day scenes. I think feels very Burton-esque. Um, but, you know, and Alex brought up Kubrick and a lot of, like, the very intentional uh, uh, shot composition and stuff like that. But it, it's just really fun to watch for, for all of those little things that people clearly picked up and, and used for, for their own pictures later on. Uh, I really love Orson Welles uh, as an actor, especially in this um, movie. I think he does such a great job. The makeup is ridiculously good. Old age makeup, I feel like, peaked in this movie and then got worse <laughs> over time. <laughs> like, I, I'm just thinking of uh, what? Um, not Guy Ritchie. What is the name of that guy in uh, um, uh, the Alien prequel? I don't know. Oh, Alien. Uh, from Memento. Guy, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, yeah. That makeup looked hokey as hell, um, but like I, I thought all the old age makeup in this movie looked pretty, pretty good for for the for the time period. He's on record as saying uh, the younger age makeup that he wore was so much more intensive than the old age. Who makeup. Guy Pierce? <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Else. Kyle, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> if Guy Pearce said that, the, that when they made him look like a couple years younger, that that was harder. <laughs> um, no, I can imagine because like when he's young, not only is that like does he look young, I have to imagine they're like that he's got like chip clips on the back of his neck or something because like, how the oh, fuck 100%. is his how the fuck okay. is his skin that like supple? That uh, that uh, amazes me because I thought his young self is the real Orson Welles, and he just put on old makeup to age up. Yeah, that's no. amazing. 
Um, but yeah, no, I really like the movie. I really like the story. Um, genuinely, I, I think the script really shines. There's a couple like lines that I wrote down uh, in my phone because I was like, oh, that's such a good line. That's such a good line. Um, so we'll rosebud. I'm wondering because I have some written down. As yeah, well. I'm wondering if yeah, you, if rosebud. Like right that, at the start when he goes, yeah, rosebud. Um, <laughs> thank you for the Oscar. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I I really like this movie. Yeah, so hot takes all around. Citizen Kane is a pretty good movie. Um, <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> it's not like it's... they put it in the description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like you all said, it's very ahead of its time. Uh, the shot composition and cinematography is probably the biggest one. I feel like this was a really big stepping stone for narrative storytelling in films. Um, a lot of them before this, I feel like were really disjointed in this. Like you said, Alex, this came together in a way that feels like something that could have come out recently. Um, the black and white did look really great, and I think the aging makeup was really helped by that as well. Uh, I'm sure if it was in color, then it probably wouldn't look as good, but in this medium, it's perfect. It looks really immaculate, and they do a really good job with all the characters. Um, and speaking of the characters, great performances all around. A lot of memorable people show up in this, and it tells a compelling story, and... Yeah, overall, it's just a just a, a great movie. Um, it's snappy. It's two hours, but it, it goes by pretty quick. I think it's paced really well. And I like the narrative structure of all this information being told um, with the idea that it's like for a news panel or it's, it's an interview or it's investigation. I really like how they kind of give the audience information. So, yeah, um, second time I've seen it, and I liked it just as much the second time didn't really get anything new out of it but it's it's a great movie and people talk about it for a reason well uh i'm very glad very glad everybody is uh citizen kane fans here um i it, like i i expected this would be the turnout but i i definitely think there is like like people are so proud to put like hot take i didn't think citizen kane was all it was cracked up to be and it's like i mean well you're probably wrong i i honestly see that 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 opinion depending on what it what what, what it was sold to you as you know i don't know like people are yeah. weird like if you're talking to some fucking film major or something like and he's like this movie it changed the way i watched movies and then you pop it in it's fucking citizen kane well, yeah, that's probably not going to do much for you if it's hyped up, like, tall get out. I could see you leaving with, like, a, a sour taste in your mouth. But, like, if you go into it as just, like, a honest attempt to view a movie from, uh, uh, like, a, an influence, an influential movie from another, what? <laughs> I mean, another decade, but a decade that's many decades ago. I, I don't know how you... Yeah, close to a century. Yeah, I don't know how you would leave with a with a bad taste in your mouth but i could definitely see like someone giving you the wrong I mean, impression yeah a lot of people don't like black and white movies just on principle that's like, crazy like, oh, to me that's old i don't want to watch that's it. crazy that's insane <laughs> so, to me. that's that's like i I, yeah. I can't even fathom that considering how much like bad content dips into the black and white well for aesthetic like how many episodes of riverdale are filmed in black and white what are those people not going to watch Citizen Kane because it's black and white? That's crazy. 
Yeah, I, uh, Alex, I had a very similar reaction to you uh, upon watching it where I was like, I get it. I, it, like, it, there wasn't a single part of me that was like, this is, this is overrated or, oh, this, this is, it, it, like, it, I watched it and I'm like, no, no. It, is this my favorite movie ever? No, but it's fantastic. It's, it's, I, I completely understand why someone would argue this is the best movie ever made. Um, it, like I said, this is my third time watching it now. And I don't know, I think there's something for everybody here. I re- again, I've said this before, um, I, I love stories about wealth. I think it is so fascinating, and this is, this is the story about wealth. This is the greatest story of it ever told. Uh, Just so happy they finally made a movie about you. And- <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I got, I listen, Kane, first two acts, Kane? I'm right there, baby. I'm like, I see this guy. <laughs> You're on, I'd vote for I him. I relate to him. I, I like, I would vote for him. Um, what, uh, yeah, I, what was interesting this time is, and it's, it's interesting that you say you haven't gotten new things out of it, Ryan, because I've gotten new things each time out of it, either just hearing new pieces of dialogue that kind of glazed past me the first time. Put on subtitles. Or like, my, no. <laughs> Uh, Alex, you can't, you can't, but, uh, you can't trick him into that again. <laughs> no, I'm smart. I'm a smarter man now. I'm a smarter man. Um, yeah. What, what really stood out to me this time was I going into it. I was like, God, I really like this. I really though, like, I remember just not liking the third act as much. Like that's, the that's part definitely my problem with out. it. Well, and what I, what I kind of felt this time around is I dislike it so much because it's one of the most uncomfortable things of film I've ever seen. Um, and I just, I didn't realize this before, but like, it's awful. It is, it is just, I, I was sitting there like getting a headache. I was like, oh my God, this is just grating to the, but uh, purposefully so it's supposed to, you know, at least how I took it this time around was it's supposed to show how awful Kane's life becomes at the end. And just, I don't know. So this, I really got a lot of new appreciation out of that of like, a, oh yeah, this is why I, I kind of zone out by the end. Cause it's, it's literally just hard for me to pay attention to. Um, but yeah, I, I think this would honestly be higher on my list. Um, not that much higher, but definitely better than the aviator, better than green mile. Uh, oh my god your 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 best movie (laughs) what can i say actually no no prestige holds best movie these days prestige holds best movie um (laughs) but yeah no i'm uh i'm glad everybody was able to get something out of it um whether you've been forced to watch it countless times or it was your first time watching it so uh yeah that out of the way i'm i'm i don't I don't really have any set agenda on this one. What do you guys want to talk uh, I about? I just wanted to say how uh, how we both think like, oh, okay, I know that this is considered to be the best movie of all time. Let me see what I feel about it. And we both walked out going, I see it. I agree that like it's not – I wouldn't put it in my top five favorite movies of all time, but I can see just like how this is just film the film. Um, one thing that like made me <clears throat> really like this movie and I think kind of added to the – 
the hype didn't kind of make it didn't bring it down a level for me like the hype didn't get to me for this movie is that it feels like orson wells is just is not i I think he realizes what he's making right now is just gold but doesn't really almost show that he knows that it's it's good i don't know how to explain that basically like when i see movies the best of a director you kind of see them flexing throughout the whole movie kind of like jerking themselves off like oh this shit's good. Like at the end of *Inglorious Bastards, when uh, Brad Pitt looks into the camera. Um, but this movie, yeah. he just felt so natural. Make the, the filmmaking in this felt so natural and not so self-indulgent, I feel like. I don't know. I got that sense. It, he didn't take it super seriously. And what's kind of bolstered by that is the screaming cockatoo at the end, where after I looked it up, it says that he inserted that just to wake up anybody who might have been snoozing by that point in the movie. I was like, okay, I love that. <laughs> really? I have always wondered why yeah, that's there. I, I guess in an interview he said, no, nah, it's just to wake up people who are sleeping. And so the addition of that is like, oh, yeah, this man was not taking this movie seriously and still came out with such a high-quality film. So I, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why the hype behind this movie didn't didn't ruin it for me i think i still agree like oh yeah this is this is truly amazing i think uh in his career this is like pretty early brendan you might know better than me but i i think it's he he gets on the map with his little war of the world stint and then uh it's pretty much kane after that and this is what puts him like in the forefront of people's minds. So he wasn't he wasn't established by any means. Yeah, this is probably his most important work at the very least even though it did occur at the I would say early part of his career. But I mean, I would say this has only ever been eclipsed by his role as uh Big Fucking Moon in Transformers the movie. What? He what? played a big robot moon in the Transformers movie. And that was his last role before he died. <laughs> like, uh, cool. like a Shia LaBeouf Transformers movie? No, no, movie? no, 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 no. This is a cartoon. Animated. Oh, the animated? Okay. That's pretty cool. That's good for him. Yeah. Man, he didn't live very long. I saw like... him die in the 80s. So I put him like mm-hmm. in his 70s. What a shame. Yeah. Guy, guy had some great interviews is... on talk shows, though. I was, well, I was just going to... You're the one who showed me the... Uh, the wine yeah, the wine commercial, right? Yeah, uh, if you guys want a good laugh, <laughs> look up Orson Welles' wine outtakes. They're fantastic videos of him yeah. recording this wine commercial. He's... You know, you're not supposed to drink wine when you're doing commercials for wine or any alcohol, really. You're not supposed to be drinking it. He's clearly just downing glasses of this wine. He's fucking And so by the end of the outtake reel, he's so fucking drunk, he's slurring through it. He's like, yeah. The vineyard tries to support the French tradition. It's it's like, and action. Hello there. (laughs) He's looking all I'm Orson Welles. <laughs> I have seen that video. I have a pull. Yes, what, and what was the line? <laughs> what was the line? <laughs> it's very good. Uh, yeah. Um, no, he he seems like a bit of a character. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I I really loved his performance in this movie though, and it's funny that uh, you brought up Inglorious Bastards and Brad Pitt, Alex, because 
when I was watching the movie this time, I was like, you know what? His performance really does make me like think of Brad Pitt's performances. Uh, I don't know if it's just because he has that like very full face that Brad Pitt also has. I can see, but that. like especially yeah. when he was playing like younger Kane, I definitely like felt Brad Pitty vibes from him with the charisma um, and the suave. Yeah, and his and the way he moves around the 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 space, I I just a lot of his mannerisms I feel like are reminiscent of Brad Pitt, or I guess Brad Pitt's mannerisms are reminiscent of of wells but yeah just uh you know watching the movie for like the 30th time you you, you look for different things and i was like he, he, you know brad pitt really like embodies a lot of these same kind of uh, uh, uh of actions and, and movements and and like yeah like attitude as wells in this movie no i can definitely see that now that you pointed mm-hmm. out um, uh, like Especially, especially also, in that uh, scene when he uh, gets the six reporters from the Chronicle and they're having that dance party. That was where I was like, "God, this this feels like Brad Pitt." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I love, I love that. That scene's so, so good. Much. <laughs> that scene, just the, just the. I was Go gonna on. say that scene is probably like the the, I don't know, best encapsulation of what that movie is at its like most like high strung and that like you have that dance number you have these like intimate conversations going on between people close to kane you're fine you like you kind of get the theme of the movie thrown in at the end and then you know uh then his ego just stroked mm-hmm. ridiculously uh, uh to to tie everything up some good banter there as well. Oh, yeah. I like when they're like, now there's been statues being made for 2,000 years. And he's like, well, I've only been buying for five. <laughs> and they all have a, a good guffaw at that. Just, I don't know. It's uh, I, I like all the characters in that well, scene. Well, yeah, and then you have his... Kind of seeing oh, how those characters that is change something, over time. Uh, the jokes in this movie still <laughs> make me cackle. Like, they have not dated at all. Pretty funny. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I even love the just the ridiculousness of a lot of the things that Kane does later on in his life. He builds like a giant f- resort in Florida called Xanadu. And like when they're talking yeah. about it in the newsreel, it's just fucking funny. <laughs> My favorite visual joke is when he's going out on the honeymoon or whatever with his second wife. And she's like... He says if he's gonna make me an opera singer, and if not, he'll build me a theater. And then it just says, "Kane builds theater," yeah. <laughs> like huge font. Yeah. Uh, Kane goes, "It won't get to that." And then the next shot is Kane builds theater. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even then, like when uh, when she's joke. when she's performing at that theater, and it's Kane not watching her but looking at his friend just ripping up the like playbill yeah. into little tiny pieces of paper and just going and playing around with it and he's like slowly losing his mind watching his friend <laughs> so fucking yeah, funny that, i like that arc of and really the theme of the movie just how you get so much but it can't make you happy and just watching his kind of deterioration as he's he's trying to build this world where everything's right, but he even no matter how much money he has, he can't build that. And so the theater fails, his marriages fail, Xanadu ultimately fails. Like, well, and that's it's all a, a very steep decline for him. Yeah, it's a, it's a 
it's a timeless message, I guess, and it, it's done very well here. Well, and that's my like m- probably my favorite line in the whole movie is when he's talking to his friend uh, right after he loses. Well, right after the scandal comes out, and yeah, he, yeah. and it's clear that he's losing I, the election. I knew yeah, this, this is the same yeah line where I where have. he goes. You know, he's talking about how he's. Oh, I've got it pulled. I've got it pulled up verbally. Okay, I'll have you read in a second. Yeah, that. Yeah, he's talking about how Kane is like a, a champion for the workers. Uh, but Kyle, if you want to hit us with that good, good line. Yeah, I, I, and this. So this is my favorite part of the. Yeah, entire this is the best. Like this, this is so uh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so Kane has just lost uh, the election to become governor in New York, and he meets up with his best friend who's hammered. Uh, and his best friend says this to him. Uh, you used to write an awful lot about the working man. He's turning into something called organized labor. You're not going to like that one little bit when you find out it means your working man expects something is his right, not as your gift. Charlie, when your precious underprivileged really get together, oh boy, that's going to add up to something bigger than your privileges. Then I don't know what you'll do. Yeah, I love that line so it, much. Just just especially that that one part where he goes that their privilege that they feel that privileges are their right and not your it's gift. their right and not your gift. is like that yeah. like fucking cuts like a knife into everything that that Kane tried to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good line. And that that's what I like. I think what makes this especially powerful to me just it, it's this movie is still so fucking poignant to like. It's not like a, it's not like you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is how it was in the '40s. It's like, no, this is exactly how shit is today. The, still, the, too. the newspaper tells lies <laughs> for views. <laughs> the when oh god yeah, that's another one of my favorite jokes when uh, it's Mr. Bernstein and he's like, well, it looks like we've lost it. We're gonna have to print the other paper. And the first one is Kane wins, and then the second paper is fraud at the polls. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not even Kane loses. Um Yeah, no, and just the 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 commentary on uh what it is to, you know, strive for that kind of public office and just the the god complex that you have for it. Um and that I don't know, man. I that that fucking line of it's not your gift, it's their right mm. is just Oh. I yeah. I really like the tie-in of him writing his standards or writing his, like, Bill of Rights, really, of, like, I'm never going to lie. I'm always going to do things for the working man. I'm always going to do this and that. And Leland's like, I'd like a copy of that. <laughs> and then he mails it to him and he rips it up later on. Well, no, that's the um, original. Kind of during He, he asked yeah, exactly. for the original yeah. one back because he's like, oh, yeah, this will be important. Well, I love, I love that scene, too. Because Leland says when he's writing it, he says, you started both those sentences with I. Yeah. Um, And it's like, oh, just uh, it's not all he wants is for. And there's a oh, I can't remember. It might be Leland who says it as well, who says like or maybe it's Susan Alexander. He's you're more than able to love Charlie Kane, but you can't you can't love anybody else but you need their love or something along those lines. And it's like, yeah, just, just so self-obsessed with himself. 
Um, and that is all that's propelled him to his heights. Um, well, that in spite. <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah. As a, as a character piece on narcissism and spite, I mean, like, again, this is... There are so many reasons why I think this movie is like, yeah, I see why you would argue this is the best it ever made. Um, I mean, just in the, the character pieces wise, not even talking about the technical shit they were able to pull off. Um, a few other of the, the really uh, poignant examples I loved from this is when it's news on the march. Um and they do the back-to-back clips of one guy's calling Kane a communist and the other guy's calling him a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, and here's one more take. And it's Kane going, I'm an American. I've never uh, been anything else. And then, yeah. T- <laughs> yeah. And then talking about uh, when he first takes over the Inquirer uh, and he says, uh, or uh, the guy who the main writer for the Inquirer is like, well, Mr. Kane, our, our newspapermen take off at this time of night. And he goes, uh, well, that's insane. The news happens 24 hours a day. <laughs> like, for, th- this is 40 years before CNN or Fox even have a dwindle of a spark. And this movie's talking about just the insane proposal of 24-hour news. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unfathomable well, and like- how much... And, and trying to, like, gin up, a, like, a story out of nothing where it's like, yeah, there's, a, yeah. like, the first thing he does is it's like, oh, yeah, there's a missing girl. She's probably been murdered. All the neighbors <laughs> think she's been murdered. Send your best guy down to uh, the husband's house and tell him to produce his wife or he will be arrested. Uh, and then, like, giving the guy all these lines to say if they're like, oh, where's your badge and all that stuff. <laughs> it's like, fuck. That's what I'm saying about Nancy this movie being so reporting. ahead of its time because, like, was the world even at all like that with news or anything like that? Like, I, I, when I think of the 1940s, well, I guess up until the 60s, like, we have the Walter Cronkites who, and, like, all the boomers nowadays are like, oh, the news used to be about the truth, and we had Walter Cronkite reporting as it was and all this stuff. So that's my image of what the olden times were. But for this movie to be talking about what, what, uh tabloids and clickbait is like nowadays i'm like is it just is he just great at predicting no, it was so always shitty this this actually is a good segue <laughs> into uh yeah it's 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 always been shitty it's it's never there was never a height of purity um so what what me and brendan were talking about at the beginning is the and uh the movie mank uh talks about this to a degree that's also, uh, are you familiar with that story, Brendan, of the, uh, the articles that came out after Kane? I think one's like 30 years and it's called, uh, the Kane mutiny or no, it's, uh, raising Kane. And then it's the Kane mutiny. I only I, know raising Arizona. Does that have anything to do with it? I know raising Kane, the it chicken spot. Not. Um, <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't think you've ever. No, I haven't eaten there, but I know about it. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, well, I'll get into these later. The, the, the lore around this movie is just as fascinating. Because, I mean, it's just... It is it lore or is it but, just uh, history? <laughs> is it just things that yeah, happen? Yeah, history is the word in real life, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, gamers. Sure. This isn't your Citizen Kane headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, canon. Um, well, the, art- the articles written about it are lore. 
because it's it's depending on the articles are about whether Orson Welles oh, okay. or uh, Mankiewicz wrote it. Um, but uh, so anyway, for those uninformed, um, Kane is the, the character of Kane is a caricature of William Randolph Hearst, um, one of the two newspapermen of the times. Uh, that uh, Joseph Pulitzer was the other. Uh, it was a it was a cool reference there, um, but yeah. So and they they directly tie in a lot of the shit Hearst did. Like that's another one of my. I laughed out loud when it's the uh, when it's the dance number scene again, and it's it's Kane and he shoots to Leland and he's he says something along the lines of, "Well, someone has to make us go to war with oh, Spain." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is. Uh, the Spanish-American War happens because William Randolph Hearst writes in his newspaper that a U.S. destroyer or battleship was attacked by Spain off the coast of Cuba. It is completely untrue and unfounded. The thing blew up because of a coal explosion in it. Um, but that he started the Spanish-American War. Um, and I think there's a line later in it, like, well, we got Panama or something like that. Like, uh... And yeah, so it, all the, all the like, oh, what's the word? Is it like yellow, yellow something or mud slinging? I don't know. Um, he's, he's a, he's a yellow question, belly Alex, journalist all the slinging mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yellow journalism, all that shit, the tabloid stuff. No, it's been around forever. This is always, this has always been how it's been. Um, yeah. <laughs> I definitely got that sense, um, and that's part of why it feels timeless. Any movie like this where it's just a really tight story with great writing and great characters that people can relate to, if you have that and you add a component like journalism or the news cycle, anything like that, that's going to be prevalent no matter what decade or generation you're watching it from the perspective of, it, it it's going to be timeless. And I think that's why this movie in particular, has stood out along with the other great qualities it has that we've mentioned. Um, it, it really is just timeless, and I think it's going to be timeless for the next 50 and 100 years from now. So. Yeah, until we finally make it to that like Star Trek universe where we're all like paid based on merit or whatever the fuck <laughs> they're doing. In until that. they put us in the goo tanks like the Matrix, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be prevalent. And, and even then, even then, we'll probably watch it there. Yeah, <laughs> we'll like, probably hey, watch this, it in, yeah. the, in the dang goo tanks. <laughs> this yeah. is cool. Put it in the computer. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, the alien or the uh, robots would be like, "Yeah, this, I've heard this is good. They'll probably like this." <laughs> <laughs> They'll put Citizen Kane in the Matrix. But, um, yeah, I don't. I, honestly, I don't have a lot more. I mean, let's talk about I the just, end. I mean, well, I'm, uh, a, I'm curious. So, Brendan, you, what'd you oh, say? I just, I, definitely, one thing we need to talk about is the ending and the revelation of what Rosebud is. I wanted to talk about that, and I, I did. I also wanted to get your guys' opinion on the third act as well. It really, just Susan Alexander's chapter um, more than anything. I was just, all I was going to say about the third act is to me, um, once we get once we get like um, past his his second wife leaving him, um, I to me at least, even though there's not even that much movie left, um, but once I was going to say, there's like maybe ten. like I, maybe even like a little bit before that basically when he's like bald and in the wheelchair or whatever at that point yeah i'm like kind of checked out of the movie because 
I I'm like, well, I watched the newsreel at the very start of this movie. I kind of know, like, there's not anything that you're going to tell me that's going to surprise me that I haven't already seen in the newsreel as far as, like, the last moments of, of Kane's life. You know, like, I, I, I know what went wrong with this man at this point, you know? So you don't like the scene where he loses it in the room and he's destroying everything? I mean, I, I think it's fun. I'm just saying, like, at... at at a certain point, I'm like, well, I know. I, okay, I like I, th- I know what 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 went wrong with this character. I'm seeing him spiral out, and you can show me an hour of him spiraling out. You can show me a minute of him spiraling out, but I know he spiraled out, and I've already seen him at the end of his life at the start of the movie. So at that point, I can already make the connection. It's like, yeah, shit didn't go his way. Um, you know, and, and, and I don't even know where exactly I'd want to draw that line of when it was too much. But I just, to me at least, a movie that's entirely flashbacks like this is, there's a certain point where I'm close enough to what I already was told that I don't need as much information bridging that gap. Because it's like, I know. I know where it ends, and then I got that quick recap with the newsreel. That it's like, there is a point where I'm like, well, I already, I have enough information to make this, this leap myself. And I don't necessarily need to see it all. Um, but that's just me. That's just me always trying to get a interesting. Uh, always trying to get a movie down to ninety minutes, you know. <laughs> um It's the golden run. But time. hey, honestly, <laughs> ninety minutes is, is so good. I've never I've never hated a ninety minute movie. I've only ever hated an eighty seven minute one. Um <laughs> <No>. <laughs> which one is that? <laughs> guess oh, i think you know <laughs> we've recently talked oh. about what <laughs> um, i really i really like that at the end um and especially because they show us everything at the beginning because it's kind of it's the wind down you get yeah, yeah. Well, I, I kind of like it as like the I think news on the march draws us an outline or like you know like a, a a silhouette of what we're about to see, and then the rest of the movie colors it in. Yeah. And so like, I'm even with you at the end. I'm like, I know where this is going, but I mean, you still get some uh, striking scenes, like especially when it's uh, another one of the great lines I love uh, is when Susan Alexander is leaving him. And he goes, you can't do this to me after like trying to beg her to stay. And he's saying all these nice things he'll do. And she says, you can't do this to me. And she goes, oh, I see. I'm doing this to you. (laughs) Not the, uh, you know, and just at that point. Yeah, it's well known. He's a a megalomaniac. It can't see past his own nose, but just hearing it one more time and then seeing that what follows is just, oh. Sense chills yeah. Well, and that's what I mean where it's like, I don't even know where, where I would draw the line or if I would just want everything to be a little bit shorter in that part. It's just like, to me, my mind has made the leap already because, because early on in the movie, the stuff that you're given in the newsreel for his early life is so scant because that is the least relevant to the viewer of the newsreel as his later life stuff. Um, you know, so I, 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 it's like, you're getting more new information at the start of the movie. By the end of the movie, it's like, yeah. well, you know, they, the, that things ended poorly between them. 
you know all this stuff and it's like i like seeing it but i'm also like oh well this is largely not new information to me this is the the color to a black and white photo haha <laughs> but that uh-huh. that's what i mean where it's like i don't know what i would cut out or where i would cut it i would maybe just want a little bit less of everything in that last part and just get to the end quicker but like i like that part i, I, I would i would have agreed with you before this one, yeah but i i really like i said i get a lot of appreciation now out of i i don't know about i am so uncomfortable in xanadu oh yeah like any scene there is is just so unhuman it's just um, weird looking <laughs> The fucking fireplace that has trees on yeah. it. <laughs> Not logs. All trees. <laughs> and just the 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 montage of her doing jigsaw puzzles in this house. Ha- it's like I would I would kill myself. <laughs> I would that seems horrendous. Well, yeah, it looks like uh it looks like a Bond villain's like layer. <laughs> uh I no, I mean, like, and just, yeah. I didn't get the, the same kind of dissatisfaction with the third act. To me, I, I was pretty invested in all the Susan Alexander stuff. And by the point that, so, Brendan, you didn't like, you thought from his meltdown, his, like, throwing stuff around in the room to the end could have been cut down or shortly before the meltdown, more less of the Susan I, Alexander stuff. No, I like the Susan Alexander stuff, too. Um I don't know. To me, it's like there, like that third act. Though it's like I, I would just be shaving minutes here, minutes there. Uh, I, I, because like I like a lot of it, but it does drag for me because it is information that I already know. Like after we get him, like just fucking her over with the opera singing and stuff like that. It's like okay, well now I understand their relationship. And I'm, I know how we fucked this up. And like, it's, it, I like seeing the, the full extent of that, as, you know, as it progresses, but I don't know. I feel like I would just be shaving things off at that point. Not, not cutting entire things out. Yeah. I can see that. I kind of got the same reaction to Kyle where it's almost, he's spending an uncomfortable amount of time on some of these topics to purposely make you uncomfortable to kind of really drive that emotion into the madness that he's experiencing. Um, I mean, given how well-made the rest of the movie is, I feel like that was definitely on purpose. And it's just, um, I, I don't, I totally see how it was a little too much for you. For me, it did feel like a little much. And when it finally, when he finally had the meltdown and it just quickly wrapped up to the end when they're burning all of his belongings, that to me was kind of like, all right, yeah, he, he sort of, like Orson Welles, the director, I can I can understand that he was going through all this and then just kind of quickly wrapped it up. The fact that he quickly wrapped it up at the end after the after the Susan Alexander stuff kind of drove home to me the fact that, like, oh, yeah, he definitely wanted us to spend too much time in Xanadu and with this relationship. Otherwise, he would oh, have yeah. kind of dragged out that, that end as well, which I also really appreciated how just like, like you said, once we finally learned all the information, once we've colored in all the lines that we established at the beginning, then the movie just like spends probably three or four more minutes getting to the end. Um, and so I kind of love that aspect of, about that movie that it's just like, 
I don't know. I love how everything was spilled out at the beginning, like you guys said, and then it was just really expanded upon in excruciating detail throughout. And and all the detail they gave us, I thought, was it really is such a fascinating character study. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about well, the I ending. Think I, I was going to say, yeah, what did Rosebud mean? I mean, that's like the biggest question of the movie that it never tells you is what is Rosebud? So it's a sled, Brendan, you big dummy. <laughs> oh, um, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I, I up until the final shot of them throwing the sled into the into the fire, I thought the movie was going to end without explaining what Rosebud was. And so just those 30 seconds in between the revelation, I was like, you know what? I think this is a satisfying ending. I started creating my own interpretation of that. Like, oh, you know, it's not a matter. They're so obsessed with this really insignificant detail about this man's life. What really mattered is the exploration of his life and what led him, not really led him to die because it wasn't, it's not like he killed himself, but just what what brought him to the end, right? And I was kind of like, oh, that's, that's a satisfying ending. I don't think I'd be satisfied if they kind of just told us what Rosebud was. I don't think they could show us any, show me anything that'd be satisfied. And then they threw the sled in and I was like, okay, you know what? They could show me that. I'd be satisfied. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Brendan, what are, about, what are they uh, going to, what, what are they going to show me? The fucking beasts rose from beauty and the beast yeah. wilting. The, the third final petal falls. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you mean, uh, what does the rosebud mean? I feel like it's pretty... Oh, I was just fucking around. Oh, okay. That's what I meant by that. I was, yeah, I, I was saying, like, oh, my God, they never show us. That is the most satisfying full circle <laughs> I've seen in a movie in a long time. Because it really wasn't even... Ex- it is. It they is. don't even focus on his childhood, quote-unquote, aspect throughout this movie. It's so briefly covered with him playing in the, in the snow, talking about the union, and then getting sold off. Um, but, I don't know, I think he kind of made an interesting enough seen there to where it was always in the back of your mind so when this finally came at the end it was like wow i understand everything now and honestly i want to rewatch this movie uh when he finally says rosebud after his meltdown um that doesn't that didn't mean too much to me at the time because i didn't know what rosebud meant but now talking about it and looking back on it just him really just like coming to terms with how shitty his life has become and almost progressing backwards into infancy and almost going like that's what i'm missing the, yeah the fun i had it, it's with just kind of that, that's the last thing that i don't have and i'll never have yeah exactly and i think that's the whole point one thing i did catch is i was looking to see if it said rosebud on the sled i don't think it ever showed closely enough for you for the audience to be able to read it but one thing i did notice is right after he left there's probably a 10 15 second shot of just the sled just the, yeah. being covered in snow after he's gone and and left it behind um and that's pretty emblematic of you know his experience he, he's left it up that part of his life is gone um never to return and so that's like he's calling that back in his final moments that's the one thing money couldn't buy was his his parents affection was his childhood all of that sort of thing so definitely a really powerful full circle message there well yeah and that um, childhood yeah. scene is so economic in that like you get so much information told to you that is so relevant for the rest of the movie 
in such a short scene. Like the fact that he's outside, like singing about like workers unite or like some stupid shit like that. Like he's singing like some union song, um, yeah. in the in the snow, uh, and then they call him in, and it's like that immediately is tells you like okay, so that's the type of family this was, or that's how his dad was, and then you know the fact that he's always championing the the workers you know it seems like it may only be as a like a retaliation of the banker but it's also like what he was raised on and it's like that so much happens too much happens in that scene it it shouldn't it shouldn't work as well as it does the amount of information just given to you about yeah, it, uh Kane scene... and his family that scene at the time markets itself as just okay this is how Kane became so rich right this is this is kind of what drove him down the path of wanting to help the lower class and doing all this stuff but it has a it it serves a double whammy at the end like you said because it's so dense with details you don't really pick up on when it's happening but when you're reflecting on it just it has that much more of an emotional impact it's man what a satisfying ending (laughs) (laughs) what a what a satisfying film I also really love every time Kane, anytime someone like talks to him about money, he's like, well, I'll die with more money than I was born with or whatever. Like he keeps just reiterating. He's like, yeah, yeah no, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it also, that scene is also so good because it, it sets up the, uh, the framing storytelling for the rest of the movie. Cause it's, uh, when the, the parents are talking and all you see is just little tiny Kane in the window in the background. And then, that's the that's the recurring motif for the rest of the movie is Kane is always the biggest person in the shot from that point onward. Um, and, and that's it. the part I love. It's maybe my second favorite scene is when it's uh, his first wife and she's going, well, your choice has been made for you. Come on, it's time to go. And then he's standing in the background and it's uh, Jim Geddes and Susan Alexander. And then he approaches into frame light shines on him finally and he's the biggest and he says i am the only one who makes my decisions um and it's just like oh my god it's so good yeah the attention to detail is incredible well yeah and the lighting in this movie is so good too like whenever he's standing over uh what his second wife and just casting the darkest shadow on her like you will you will sing if i tell you to sing (laughs) Yeah, no, the, the use of lights is incredible. That's another reason why I think it works so well in black and white because they use a lot of silhouettes throughout this movie, and I don't know, the silhouettes just wouldn't wouldn't work well. They wouldn't stand out or pop in a, in a colored movie. Well, yeah, and there wasn't any. No, that was... there wasn't any color. Whoa, Alex! Whoa! Don't take it. Don't take it there. Don't take it there. Well, yeah, so I think that concludes our Citizen <laughs> Kane talk. What do you What do you guys think is going to be the next Citizen Kane? I think it's going to be Indiana Jones Five. <laughs> I legitimately, that's kind of an interesting question, though. The next, what is her. our What is our generation Citizen Kane? I could see her being looked upon. I, as I think I was about to say Parasite. Strong argument. If If we were to talk about like. I would say, I mean, I guess Parasite was 2019, so that that would fit into like 2010s. But yeah, her uh, Parasite. I'm trying to think of something else, like 
children to men. I mean, they're, they're not character it, studies necessarily, but I feel like it's one of those like momentous, just like perfectly made movies. It, it it's it's really well made, but I don't know that it. I don't know if it has the legs. I'm Team Parasite. Or the mass appeal. Yeah. I mean, I love that movie, but I don't know. I don't know what it says about the human experience that is unique to the time period that it came out in. Because that's something about her and and Parasite to an extent, where it's like that so, that thing that's so unique to to our age that can then be transplanted into any era that right. I think is so unique about Citizen Kane. Because mm-hmm. at that point, then we could just pick, like, the artist. <laughs> That's a good movie. No. <laughs> I, hey, Ryan, I don't like that movie. <laughs> oh, really? No, it, it has, like, the... I don't know. I mean, we don't have to get into the artist. I just... I. I yeah. I would rather I don't want to. <laughs> I I would rather watch the movies that it's like ripping off than watching it, I guess. I wouldn't have thought her, but I can definitely uh I think I would I would staunchly be I I, I truly like I I think Parasite is yeah. probably going to go down as what this is. What about La La Land? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Moonlight, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else or final thoughts? I think final that's it. Thoughts. <laughs> I'm gonna learn that 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 citizen, that uh the Kane song that he's dancing to. It was so catchy. It's very good. <laughs> Ryan, where the fuck are you? Where the fuck are you, guy? Why don't we have Citizen Kane on recorder right now? I don't know. I don't know any songs from Citizen Kane. I think you could probably play it. It'd probably be pretty easy. Yeah. It's got like four. Yeah, you could also do it like acapella. (laughs) Okay, final thoughts. thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) We were waiting on you, Ryan, and you just didn't do it. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm trying to think of what it even sounds like. It's just like a classic march song. Yeah. It's like Yeah. Sure. I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it sounded like. <laughs> we can just yeah. loop that during the silence. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a lot of silence. All right. Yeah. So I start since I thoughts. since I started. You yeah, do it. Sure. Do it, baby boy. Uh, yeah, incredible movie. I I buy the hype. I support the hype. It is not one of my favorite movies. It's one of those movies where I just appreciate so much, and I super enjoyed it. But um, doesn't have it doesn't resonate with me in terms of like what I like my my appeals in movies. But uh, I mean, I for those people I know who say I won't watch it if it's black and white. I will definitely show them this movie because I think it's pretty accessible and not too uh, obscure. I feel like obscure is not the right word. Uh, like just accessible. I, I, I feel like um, <laughs> someone, will, everyone will get something out of this movie. So, but yeah, it's it really is a, a monumental movie, and I'm amazed at at how this movie was made. The only thing I knew about this movie going in 
is some of the the making of some of these shots that look incredible like the shots of um the crowd when he's talking to when he's giving his political speech and it's just a giant crowd of people he's presenting to like i've seen the making of how that's like a matte painting and how they kind of cut out certain scenes all that stuff super incredible it it it, it we've hit it on the head multiple times but this movie is just truly timeless it there's nothing that looks dated nothing it talks about is dated um it's it's a movie made 60 years ahead of its time yeah i i agree um and man every time i hear somebody who doesn't watch black and white movies i'm just like how how would i even introduce a movie to that person like Oh, let me get you your your binky and your and your blanket, <laughs> so that you can them. watch your co- your your colored light show that you you have to watch cut. with colors. Like, I first show them the Snyder <laughs> so, Cut and so then so I show them the Citizen Kane. Show them the cut. No, you have to show them the Snyder Cut and then the Snyder Cut Justice is gray to give them like you know, hey, here's something you like in black and white, and then you show them Citizen Kane. Now that you've gotten them accustomed to black and white. This is, this is that's how you have to do it it'll take you eight hours <laughs> but i think it's worth it in the end <laughs> um anyway yeah no i, I really like this movie I, there's so much there's so much fun that you can tell um orson welles was having in the making of the movie so many gags that he put in that are either visual only like we didn't really talk about that too much but when he has the the newspaper frozen in the ice block that's cut into a k it's fucking funny like Wait, i, I so missed that stupid. i totally missed that when was that it's it's again during the dancing party scene oh. and there's there's two ice sculptures of mr burns yeah and, <laughs> and then there's just a k with the newspaper in it it's just so funny um you know uh i yeah it there's there's stuff that i think about from this movie all the time because it just sticks with you um, it is one of those things, I mean, I brought this up with Apollo 11, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you should show this in schools whenever you talk about the history of, of cinema or anything like that. Just cause it's like, yeah, this is like, I can't think of a movie that represents, uh, an era in time and the medium that it was presented in better than this. Like, it's just so good at being itself. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely one of the most important movies ever made. I I very much feel like I've heard that a lot of movies before this were just, you know, not super narratively sound, and this was really groundbreaking in a lot of different ways, and I totally buy that because it feels very modern. So I'm with Alex. If you're not into black and white movies, this might be one that you could uh, get your toes wet with. Um, it's, a, it's a good movie. Um, but, yeah, all the things that I like about this um, – Include the performances, um, the cinematography, and just the overall storytelling. I think it does everything really, really well. There's nothing I don't like about this movie. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me super heavily. And like I said, I I really didn't get anything out of it on a second watch, which is something that I personally enjoy in movies. But that's not to say anything is bad about it. So yeah, it's a great film, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't see not recommending it to anybody i think everybody should see this once it's just kind of one of those movies so yeah yeah i think that's a really good uh, like genuinely 
to what Brendan Ryan and everybody said. It, 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 there are a few things I would say everybody needs to blank. And yeah, I, I genuinely, this is something that you should, you should see. Just, you should give yourself that privilege to go ahead and do that. Um, I, again, I think, cause I like a lot of older movies. Um, Lawrence is probably my second favorite of like the way back then wins, but, uh, it, nothing comes close to resonating with me as much as Kane. Um, genuinely, there is no small part of me that is like, I want to be you. I want to (laughs) be you so bad up to when he loses the election. I would prefer uh, to not live. Well, in yeah, you you wouldn't have slept with happens. the with the singer. That's 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 how you're. I you're better have. than him in that way. I famously hate musicians, that's so there's true. no way in hell. I yeah, the only way you're gonna sleep with a musician if, is if they do like really bad surface level like observational humor. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Can't hear you over the sound of my W, bitch. <laughs> Uh, a premature. Anywho, yeah, no, I. What I, Alex, we won. That was last oh. week. I, Alex, I Alex can't yeah. keeps not knowing what I'm talking about when I'm taking a jab at <laughs> Bo Burnham, and it's. Anywho, um, yeah, I, I, so I relate to the character of Kane a lot, um, and. Uh, I lo- like I said, I love movies about the nature of wealth, and I think if you wanna if you wanna show someone like, hey, here's why having obscene amounts of wealth and everything you've ever wanted will corrupt your very soul. This is a great old movie to show them. Uh, it- it's incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy we got to watch it, uh, and I'm really happy I decided to put it on my list. So yeah, awesome. Hey, uh, last question. Uh, since the recent remake of Ben Hur, do we think we're gonna get a, a, a Citizen Kane remake in the near future? Hopefully, I not. actually <laughs> was kind of pondering this. Uh, I, I don't think <laughs> anybody would be stupid enough. I don't like truly. I don't think there's any amount of actors and capital you could get together for a studio head to go. Yeah, we can do this. I know, and it was the Ben Hur like, remake with Morgan Freeman. I was like, does that justify this? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it was just there would be no point. What could you do today <laughs> that wasn't already said? And I'm sure that's the same for Ben Hur. But I don't know. That's well, does they that were like, what if, what if the like, chariot uh, matches were CG? Wouldn't wouldn't that yeah. be better? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cooler than the real chariot matches they did? Probably. I love CGI. <laughs> cool. Very nice, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, that's was that fun. was that like HC radio done. announcer gonna... uh, Borat that you Borat. just did there, Ryan? <laughs> Nice. That's basically who I am anyway, it's just radio <laughs> radio announcer Borat. It probably sums me up pretty well. That probably explains some things. Um, all right, well, we're going to... Anyway, we're, we're moving into Metropolis. Moving to Metropolis. See you there. <laughs> all right, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Metropolis.
All right, and welcome back from Hello. That quick... <laughs> welcome Way back from that Brendan. quick break. <laughs> Way to undercut Brendan's message. Jeez, dude. Um, now we will be getting to what we should have talked about last uh, last segment, but weren't able to because of uh, weird issues with this movie being watchable. Uh, but we're going to start talking about Metropolis from 2001. We did it right this time. We did it yeah, right this time. We didn't. Yeah. And I think it's worth it. And we'll, shady organizations. And I feel like everyone here, after watching it, knows why maybe the rights to this movie were weird to maybe figure out. <laughs> um, but uh, let me get that description going. Uh, so, Metropolis. Kenichi and his detective uncle, Shunsaku Bon, leave Japan to visit Metropolis in search of the criminal, Dr. Lauten. However, when they finally find Dr. Lauten, Kenichi and Shunsaku find themselves separated and plunged into the middle of a larger conspiracy. While Shunsaku searches for his nephew and explanations, Kenichi tries to protect Tima, a mysterious young girl, from Duke and from Duke Red and his adopted son Rock, both of whom have very different reasons for wanting to find her. That's so okay. long; okay. it's kind of confusing. <laughs> It's a bit weird. I can't deny it. I, I, if, if I could, can I just give a, I think a better description? Yeah. A detective from Japan and his nephew go to a hyper advanced city called Metropolis that is run by both a president and a captain of industry. There's a robot named Tima that's been made and people are after her because she's special. Feel like that's okay. better. I would have even dropped the team apart, maybe, but I mean, yeah, I thought that. Well, was she's good. on the box, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure, sure. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm I feel like she it. needs to be mentioned, but uh, we'll get into exactly what's going on in this movie then in a second. But who here hadn't seen this movie before? Everybody. I think everybody. Everybody. <laughs> you know what? Including me, this was a this was a sort of a sight unseen thing. I just went, "Wow, gotta love that name." Let's go for it. You um, and Alex really. Uh, well, you meant to put the French one on here, but we all accidentally mistook yeah, exactly, it for the exactly. 2001 anime. We all exactly. love anime so much. We're just like, surely he wasn't talking about the French one. Exactly. And so yeah, no, that would have been one thing led well, to the, another. And, and, we got our sticky the... weed fingers wet. <laughs> the the French one is just so accessible. You know, it's just on YouTube, and that's that's <laughs> it. Couldn't have been that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is too easy. I think I need to order this. Yeah. <laughs> need to buy a special edition version of it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, then uh, who wants to who wants to start us off? I can. Okay. Let's let's hear it. All right. Um, I really, really liked this movie. It was beautiful, uh, quite frankly. It, it used a lot of the uh, kind of huge scale city things that I love about Akira except it was like a, a children's coloring book. It was so bright and so colorful and the way they contrasted that with these very very animated it almost looked like like Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon characters <laughs> like these not realistic looking characters clashed a lot with the really realistic city and robot like gore I guess and I really love that kind of dynamic and it, it was very memorable for memorable for that the music is excellent. I love jazz, oh so God. that was that was fueling my experience. Uh, the story itself, 
admittedly didn't do a lot for me. I feel like there's a lot of uh, this kind of story of people go, they find an unexpected person, and they kind of have to help that unexpected person reach their goal. I've definitely seen that before, but the, the music and visuals really carried me through this, and I had a really great time watching it. I, I was really glad to watch it, and I was never bored, and it was it was brisk, and I liked all the characters, and it was funny and engaging. So, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was happy to have bought this because I had to buy this to watch it, and if I didn't like it, I would have been a little upset, but I, I liked it a lot. So <laughs> I would have venmo you the money, honestly. I'm, like, I'm so sorry, man. Let me get you not, Yeah, not at all. I'm, I'm very happy to own this movie now. So, yeah, very good time. Awesome. Uh, I'll go next. I have pretty much identical opinion as Ryan does. I thought this was a super beautiful movie. Uh, I love the art style. I love the what you call Sonic the Hedgehog characters with the big eyes and like big eyelashes. Very cartoony. Um, I thought it was super charming. And um, I love the world that they give in this movie. It's super realized and super populated and, and just everything about the visuals is is awesome i love how dynamic every shot is like no matter wherever the focus is there's always something else going on kind of in the peripherals with like uh characters kind of just playing around or just i don't know everything was was always so alive and so so lived in so that was super cool the music amazing i loved it so much with the jazz and and obviously um uh like all the proprietary copyright music that probably makes this movie impossible to find um but the story i honestly didn't care for it almost at all um it was pretty i don't want to say boring but i just was not engaged with the story at all i didn't really care about any of the characters or or the relationships actually i cared about the characters that were not highlighted like i like the uncle more than anyone else um i didn't like the kid tima was whatever it's kind of a boring robot you wanted us to watch the dub, and I kind of wish I watched the sub because Tima's voice acting was was kind of tough sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie definitely. If I were ever re- rewatch it, I would be rewatching it probably for the visuals and the music. I I wouldn't really be paying too much attention to what's going on in the plot. I guess before Kyle goes, I want to throw in that I did watch the sub against. Uh the advice of Brendan and, and I thought the voice acting was impeccable. It was really, really good. <laughs> so I don't know and if that altered my experience from you guys, but and I, oh, and, I and rocks voice acting was also yeah. rough. Oh, I love see. Okay. Here's the thing. I have just a weird brain thing, I guess. I love like hokey voice acting. And I did realize probably 10 minutes into this movie. I was like, probably should have told him to watch that sub uh but i <laughs> but i love i love how everyone's voice sounds in this movie how stupid they sound sometimes it just makes me laugh um but we'll get into how i feel later but just to defend my decision <laughs> uh i will pick up the mantle i did not like this movie mm. um and uh i really tried um Thought the the score is probably one of my favorites we've had so far. Uh, I the animation, as expected, was gorgeous. Uh, I hated the art style. I found it <laughs> grotesque. Um, 
and it <laughs> was not big pleasant hands. to look at for the most part. Yeah, no, I didn't. I did not care for Thick it. Thick calves. Um, <laughs> uh, story wise, I pretty much resound with you guys. I don't care about a single character that was in this. Don't really care about the story at all. I don't really know what anybody's motivations were, and I don't know what this was really trying to say as a whole. So, yeah, to come in, to come in quite negative. Yeah. Remember the last movie you had a, a really negative view on? You always, eh, it was good. Just not for me. Yeah, only one I could think of would be the Inside Loon Davis. Uh, yeah. Leon episode. Yeah. Um, which, just sidetrack, I don't know if I mentioned this. Um, I, just the past couple of months, I have so regretted voting for Leon. Like, like, incredibly so. I think about Inside Lewin Davis a lot. It's it's, it's, well it in my sticks mind. with you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's stuck with me. Uh, and Leon, I look back on it. Only the parts I really didn't like. So, uh, just putting that one out there. <laughs> that I'll take that as a as a as a delayed a tip victory. of the hat to you, buddy. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, everything that you guys uh, just brought up as a negative, totally fair. I don't think about this movie in terms of its plot too much. Um, I think the plot the plot does something for me, uh, and I think that's just because I really like these kinds of stories. Uh, I think we have, like, two or three of these kinds of stories from me already. I would say Tron Legacy is very similar to this uh, in some yeah. respects. Like, I just gravitate towards this kind of story, uh, unapologetically so. Um, so it does connect with me. I love robot stuff. I love the movie robots and I love this movie because of the robots. Uh, Fufu, Fufu, Fufu's fantastic. I, I That's weep. Great. I love that. I weep when I see Fufu. Um, but yeah, overall this movie connects with me because of the music and the visuals. Um, the, the character designs for these characters are based on the, um, Osamu Tezuka designs from the manga of the same name. Uh, and he has a very distinct style with those big forearms and big calves. That was carried over into uh, series like Mega Man, which I obviously, mm-hmm. you know, not oh, for I the... Oh, I got big Mega Man vibes. Not, not, from the, not for the listeners here, but to the people in this call probably are all very aware. I love, I, I fucking love Mega Man. Legends. Legends, all of it. Great. I love all of it. The super um, legendsy. Yeah, super legendsy, super like classic Mega Man looking uh, 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 character designs and stuff like that. So it just immediately pulls me in. Um, that that grotesque art sucks me in immediately. And yeah, the music. I don't think that there is a word. I don't think I could describe the feeling I had when I first watched this movie. And the opening scrawl starts up, and you hear that powerful, like brassy jazz opening start you see the big um you see the big uh, uh uh airship and the ziggurat in the background oh my god i was like i'm i <laughs> that was a that was a great ten dollars i spent on this blu-ray um but so many moments in this movie to me uh hit because of that score because of you know using a lot of uh classical jazz uh and 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 blues music in a way that I was not expecting this movie to pay reverence to specifically like the use of St. James infirmary, which we'll get into when we talk about 
uh, the movie and its music later on. But I was like, they just did like a really good cover of that <laughs> for this movie, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the animation is beautiful. Um, the voice acting to me is really funny and, and, and fun. Uh, and I, I love it. Uh, and we'll get into the story later too. But this is this is one of my all-time favorites just because every time I watch this movie, I get sucked into the world. And I go back to the time and place when I first watched it. And I'm like, it's winter. And it's cold out. And I'm in Metropolis. Um, I will say, uh, I think, at least from my experience and knowing you for quite some time, uh, this is the most Brendan movie I've watched so far. It's... Um, it's got yeah, a lot like of... There was... <laughs> yeah. And I say that with nothing but love. Like, it was like, ah, I get this. I get what's happening here. Yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, I think we should start the discussion, though, uh, around the... I guess the plot, because it'll make everything else make a little bit more sense when we're talking about it, I guess. Um, but obviously, there's a lot going on here with plot. We have... Uh, these two outsiders from Japan coming into this, like, uh, unclear what this is, a nation state or a city or within America or some other place. It's unclear exactly. Yeah, It's Singapore. Okay, it's Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's unclear where it is, but we have these two outsiders coming in. We have, like, sort of the end of this political co uh, conflict occurring as... Uh, they arrive. We have, like, freedom fighters. We have pro-robot groups, anti-robot groups. We have some sort of fascist movement being funded by the corporation that built the ziggurat. We have a lot of stuff going on. How did you guys feel about that? I know you guys said you were pretty lukewarm on the plot, but was any of that especially interesting even in the first, like, 30 minutes? So I did like the world building, um, but – and – maybe people have other thoughts than me. I hope so, because I, I feel like a lot of it, I don't know, maybe a lot of it I glazed over for, maybe not, but again, I I couldn't figure out what the fascists and the anti-robot group didn't have in common, like why they were fighting. It seemed like they both didn't care for robots, um, I but I guess... The anti-robot people wanted jobs, and the fascists didn't. Yeah, um, I think it came down to they both didn't like robots, but for different reasons. The the fascists, I don't think... Uh, I think the fascists assumed that the robots were evil and should be kept to the lower, like, lower rungs of Metropolis. Like, doing those, like, uh, mechanical jobs and things like that. Um, whereas the workers who had those jobs originally were being displaced by the existence of those robots. So it was trying to sort of starve out and push out the lower class of humans with the robots um, while not uh, uh, providing for that lower class. Because they even mentioned later on in the movie when uh, Tima... Yeah, they do a quote like, uh, we used to have like food stamps even, but yeah. then it was ziggurat celebration week, so that's been... So that went away. Yeah, so... I think that's what I think that's where it comes from is that there was wealth inequality and the robots exacerbated it, uh, and then they both hate robots because one views robots as like service workers and the other one views robots as job takers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Okay. We've we've okay. definitely watched a few now with themes of like overindulgence at the expense of the working class or those who are, you know, kind of tossed to the side in order to have that kind of indulgence. And I I picked up on that right away. I really like that in this. I movie. thought it was subtle and Ratatouille, but yeah, I agree. Watched a few. <laughs> I, 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 oh, keep going, Ryan. I was just going to say, I really like the separation of the zones, how mm-hmm. the upper level is this pristine masterpiece. It's very beautiful. And as you go lower and lower down, it becomes more dingy. And eventually it's just uninhabitable by humans at all. And it's only those robots. Um, and I, I really like the architecture and how they visually show all of that. I think they do a really good job of visual storytelling in this movie. And so that's why it, related to me right away. I just visually, I could see exactly what they were going for. And I felt that struggle uh, with kind of all of the literal things that happened. So I really appreciated all that. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. though, Kyle, uh, Duke red is basically uh, what uh Kane. If he got everything he wanted. <laughs> oh, I, when, when, he, when someone asked him, are you going to go, are you going to go for office this next election? I was like, that's citizen Kane right there. That's Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I got much more of a uh, Andrew Ryan vibe. Well, yeah, no, but, he's uh, not. That, yeah, that that might have been for other reasons. So, um, um, uh, oh, what what Ryan just said about the world. My problem with this movie again is that the plot was kind of boring. But it sucks for such a uninspired plot to be in such a inspired world because I feel like the world was telling so much more of an interesting story in everything you weren't looking at and then we were just kind of bogged down by this like story that we've seen a billion times told a billion different ways um so i i would love like spin-offs of, i mean there's a manga i'm sure so they're they're the spin-offs but a, a visual like a movie spin-off of just like what's going on here it's kind of like it reminds me of like coruscant in star wars and just like watching the clone wars seeing like the underbellies of like the lower levels of coruscant was always like the most interesting episodes and so I would love to see that here as well. Yeah. Um, but. I I would say that for me, it's not necessarily that this story is, is a little bit uh, undercooked that or, or overdone. Uh, that is my problem with it. To me, it just, I like the story here, but it does very much to me feel like we needed to write a story that would move us through as many parts of the city as possible. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I so think. rather than it feeling like, oh, I've heard that I've seen this story a thousand times, it feels like this is I'm this is a I'm moving in a car driving through the city uh, like with this story. So I, I both like it and, and dislike it for those reasons where it's like I like that I'm constantly moving to a new part of the city. But I'm also like I wish we could sit and settle somewhere just for a little bit. Um, but the movie can't really do that with what it's also trying to show you like i mean the fact that we go from uh uh, the top of the of the city structure to the very bottom to below the bottom to a revolution to uh the ziggurat to the top of the ziggurat you know it's like all within the, the 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 span of the movie is is both very impressive but also feels like uh inscrutable i guess at times I and just, that's my problem like, with it. I, I love the movie. <laughs> I I liked the story. Um, like I'm I'm with you, Brendan. This is a type of uh, just narrative that I normally follow. 
I just, the execution did not work with me at all. I, I really didn't understand what a lot of people's motivations were the entire time. Um, and yeah, it just, it, whenever they had an opportunity to kind of explain it, um, it just kind of seemed like things, it was kind of like, well, we hate robots. And then, and then the plot would go and it'd be like, okay, well, I, I again, like, I don't, I just, I was kind of like, okay. This doesn't really make me care about your cause or yeah. anybody's cause for that matter. Um, well, and I think I, that, that 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 might be an intentional thing on the movie's part to sort of distance you from a lot of the human causes because clearly we're supposed to be empathizing with Tima and with the robots. I mean, because it's a big part in the movie when she finds out that she's a robot because even though the audience and all the characters know that she's a robot for pretty much the entire movie, she doesn't. Um, so when it's told to her, she then has to recontextualize all those things that she saw of people being just outright cruel to robots um, and like grapple with that. And I feel like the fact that there's no human cause in this movie that is kind to robots justifies the ending where she basically tries to kill all the humans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, like, I, I, feel, I feel like that's all an intentional part of the story. And I, 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 I see that. Uh, oh, go on, Ryan. I, I, I don't know. I felt everybody's motivations were very clear. I mean, there were people who wanted to subjugate people to this greater will, who wanted to put them under themselves. The robot, uh, Tima, she had a very clear purpose. She was seeing the treatment of everything. The investigators just wanted to know what was going on and ultimately found that uh, individuals or robots like Tima were going to be basically forced out of their own will to be doing things i don't know i i i felt like it was all very clear it was it was just like the overall you know tit for tat storytelling that didn't connect with me i felt all the characters were very well clear in what they wanted i i think it i think this is a movie that um has a little bit of a of of a a problem speaking to an audience a little bit especially with the dub you re remember you did watch the sub which is a little bit information is sort of forced on you in a sub that it isn't in a dub because you are having to physically read it um whereas in the dub if you don't have subtitles on there is there are things that get that slip through the cracks especially especially with the bombastic music that plays sometimes and yeah. also the fact that the movie is super uh, um frenetic like there's a lot of energy in this movie uh and then it goes into these explanations of things uh sometimes i feel like at least when i watched it the first couple of times i'm coming down from that high from all that energy and i'm not necessarily ready to open up my ears and and listen to uh, uh people's justifications for what they're doing so i do understand why kyle would be in the position he's in absolutely i've seen this movie a lot of times uh and i know it inside and out because of that but i don't profess to, to 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 say that it is an easily di like dissected movie after a first watch i don't think it's supposed to be but i think that especially in the context of the dub it does it's not easily done okay cool yeah because i i wouldn't i wasn't sure if i'm just brain dead at this point or not but yeah that is uh that is refreshing to hear no yeah no i i it is it is i, I i'm i'm the biggest defender of this movie, but I, I would say that this is a movie that I'd say like, yeah, watch like two times. And then I probably on that second time, 
you'll you'll get more of the plot if you're doing the dub obviously with the sub i imagine it's a little bit easier to pick up details but uh uh yeah as far as the characters are concerned i really do like all of them um i think that it's Dude, really can i can i talk on that real yeah, quick yeah yeah because yeah, we're go talking for it. about uh motivations we're talking about motivations um rock sucks as a character and i hated every time he was on screen i think he was the cheapest most uninspired villain and just problem that would creep into every situation and i I hated everything he did his uh motivation was stupid and i feel like he was almost purposely painted out to be unlikable and so at that point why insert this super unlikable character that's in every single major scene in the movie and then his whole ending at the end of sacrificing himself for the love of his dad and by blood it was i I hated his character so much on top of his voice actor was kind of bad um so i want to know what you guys think about rock because he he did not do it for me i i love rock um he he he's a villain he's a mustache twirling villain like he is a villain to the umpteenth extent but i really like his backstory because they they sort of drip feed a lot of this information about the world in about how there was this war and how he was adopted by Duke Red after that war uh, and after everything that happened with Duke Red's uh, daughter. Uh, and that they have this contentious relationship where Duke Red is providing for him as if he's a son, but is not willing to recognize him as that. Um, and so Rock is always in this quest for approval and trying to go out of his way to ensure that um, Duke Red is protected and is making like and is safe essentially uh and that involves him kind of going up and sweeping up after him which i like that um and i and he's in charge he's in charge of this fascist party that duke red's also funding um which to me explains a lot of his weirder opinions and, and ideas is that he's just so up his own ass with all the fascism that he's kind of just a rudderless ship just heading full force to kill robots (laughs) yeah i was just gonna i i agree with you brendan i also again i the story for the most (laughs) part every story choice i i like and i i did like rock uh from an external point of view um and i i like the the you know kind of hey this is this is what happens if you're a fascist (laughs) you just every you see everything through fascism um but and that's where I'll switch over to Alex again. Hated how they executed his character. Like, it was just so surf. And, and to be fair, a lot of it could have been the voice actor. Like, it. The, I don't think I mentioned it. This is the first. I normally like the dubs. Even Mononoke, I got a good kick out of. This is the first one where I was like, yeah, not for me. <laughs> um, and, uh. Yeah, no, I just felt like every single line of dialogue was, Father, I'll kill this robot for you. <laughs> Father, let me kill this robot. I, I, did you make a reference um, earlier on an episode, maybe an even in Kane, when you were like, <laughs> slam hand on the desk, you stupid idiot, I'm not your father. Oh yeah, I think I did. <laughs> I that happened. I, I got a big chuckle out. I huh. I did like I did like how much he hated him. I got a good I got a good bit because I also hated him. So it was nice to see him. Uh, nice to see him like that. But yeah. Quick That's side note. Interesting. When you brought up 
when you brought up the connection to Mega Man. Is that why he's called Rockman in Japan? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I don't know what that like translation means legitimately. Um, but I don't. I can't imagine that's why. Because they don't look as they don't look alike. <laughs> he looks more like Proto Man, yeah. um, <laughs> which would be blues in Japan. So like, I mean, maybe there's a connection there. There's blues music in this movie. Oh my god! But Mega Man came Wait, out, and there's also there's also like treble and bass, aren't there? Those yeah. characters in Mega Man. Yeah. Oh, this movie has a big impact on that series. That's the thing. It, it, like, I don't know where the Ouroboros here starts because the manga came out like in the '80s. Mega Man came out in the '80s. This movie didn't come out until 2001, and they changed a lot for this movie. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg here. But um, I'm really curious if my experience would have been different if I watched the dub. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a different experience for sure. Like, I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. It's a different experience. I like the dub. I connect to the dub. The thing that I go back and say that's my like fifth favorite movie is the dub. So that's like why I said watch the dub because that's that's what we're judging. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine the sub is better. I, I I don't know. I I didn't have an issue with Rock. It just he felt like an outsider who constantly wanted to approve himself in his own eyes and in his quote unquote father's eyes. Like he just he never fit in, and he knew that, and so he was trying as hard as he possibly could. Um, so I I I almost wonder if. There's I a think it's the disconnect between just from the performance. So I think it, I think, I think it does because, like, to me, it makes so much sense. Like the fact that he is that outsider and that he's using this fascist like club as his way of becoming an, an, an you know an inside uh, member of a group that he's he's mm-hmm. forcing all this change. And then once the fascists take control, like he basically has everything he wants. But then he realizes that his father is not actually this does not actually hold the same beliefs as him and that all of it was pretty yeah. much worthless i like um, the scene when he gets his comeuppance from Duke oh Red, yeah and he's just like you suck get <laughs> get out of here <laughs> it's just it's snowy and really uh, really really dull and kind of dreary and yeah it reminded me of the ending of like, uh blade runner 2049 yeah it's like you're insane and i don't like you that much get out of here <laughs> I know. But so that that's that's also why I don't like Rock because I feel like he doesn't change at all through this movie. The whole time he just hates robots and wants to prove himself to his dad, even though his dad is a colossal asshole to him the entire movie, which is another thing. There's no like proving your worth or anything. He, well, Alex, he that's just called hates... a cycle of abuse, See, and <laughs> it has a very interesting impact on people's mental psyche. Uh, now we can go into this in my other podcast, uh, mental health. Destigmatizing the stigma. <laughs> Check me out on Spinner. <laughs> no, but like his dad never lets up. If at, yeah, no. at some I, point he's I like, think... okay, I guess I see you as my son, maybe you orphan. But no, the entire even at the end when he's about to sacrifice himself, he's like, Rock, what the fuck are you about to do? Don't do that. <laughs> well, but that's I think that's I think that's the point is that he's constantly looking for that approval because to an extent, his dad did give him not his dad, Duke Red did give him that taste of approval because he 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 raised him he fed him he clothed him he put him up in you know high society ish um so i mean that yeah, that's but clearly that entire there. relationship doesn't change but that's the thing like neither party changes their mind he's been raised under that like feeling under that 
pressure for his entire life. So the, his entire life, he's been trying to get that approval with the same reaction. Um, so, like, I mean, I think it, it, it just comes down to him believing that this is the way to get his father's approval. And then even in the end going, like, I knew I was right. I still need to protect you from this evil that you are trying to unleash. Which is why he blows up the I, uh, I really like the part where Duke Red looks at Brock and says, I think the two most dangerous words in the English language are good job. Um, <laughs> and then he throws a chair at him. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... I, I, this movie doesn't give me a single reason to care about Rock. No. Or Well, he's a fascist. You shouldn't it, care about him. I, yeah, sure. But, okay, then I have no reason to care about the Stop relationship. Stop humanizing fascists 2022. <laughs> well, the, that's the thing. The relationship is just, I feel like, something that fills in a lot of the, like, reasons why this city is basically in the midst of collapse at all times. Like, the most powerful man in the world, or in the city, has this toxic relationship with his adopted son, who runs the fascist group that's running things behind the scenes. And then once they finally get full power over the city after they kill the president and take control of the military and all that stuff, everything immediately goes to shit because it's all built on like the worst foundation possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't, if that's their purpose, then, then great. But just for those reasons, that's why I hated the character. And I hate, hate I didn't hate, uh, Duke man, whatever his name is. Duke, Duke red. red. Um, I, like I hated Duke red a lot. I liked his design. He was cool yeah. looking. His well, like he has nose. I like those to me, designs. I like the characters. <laughs> yeah, to me after and he's got the Sonic the Hedgehog freaking hair. <laughs> yeah, after after Rock shoots Fufu in the fucking face, I was like, well, I, I I want him to die. Like, I don't want Rock to make it out of this movie alive. That was the coldest, meanest shit you could ever do. That robot was nothing but <laughs> nothing yeah, but, but it, lovely. <laughs> That that was just like a cheap appeal to emotion, at least in my eyes. Because it's, it's, I want him to die too, but not because I'm like, oh, this man's really evil and he needs to be stopped. No, it's like, I, I hate you. I don't want you in this movie. You bog down every scene you're in. Please die and leave. Um, <laughs> well, that, I guess that's they the difference. Now, that is the other thing I got a very big <laughs> kick out of. Just how often he doesn't die. Because <laughs> um, he has a lot of opportunities to die. And he always, he's just... He's so filled by hatred that he wills himself to be. Alive. That I honestly love that. I love how surprised people are when he like shows up in a scene because he's like, "No, father, I must kill her." <laughs> and then they're like, "What are you doing? Don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> I just I think that's great. And like even when even in his, in his like pretty much first scene, where he goes and he's he's he confronts Doctor Loughton. And he just shoots him in the stomach. <laughs> I love that. He I was think just that's... evil for evil's sake. No, he wasn't. That's he killed, that's why I didn't he like killed, him. He killed that guy because that guy was like an organ harvester. Like, that was a bad guy, Dr. Loughton. That was, a, that was not a good guy that he... He was the guy who was being who was going to be arrested by the two main characters. Like, that was a bad guy. Yeah, he was going to fuck Team. Yeah, like he was like unquestionably. He was a really awful but then... guy. <laughs> Yeah, but then later on, on the on the steps in the snow, um, when he confronts the main character and Tima, and then the uncle just comes in and goes, "Hey, you don't want to do this," and he goes, he just shoots him. Yeah, the whole time he's like, he could just shoot the main. I forget his name, the main character, and then Can take Tima. 
But instead, he's like, "Let me no- negotiate with you. Shut up, old man." And then he keeps negotiating with the old with the the main character. I'm just like, it, that shot to the uncle felt so unnecessary. That was just like, <laughs> oh, just it made me feel like the director was just kind of like, "Oh, you need to feel scared and in suspense right now. Tima might get stolen." Well, Tima does man, get stolen. Yeah, but I didn't care. That's, well, that, I think that's just I think that's I just an extended was gonna, issue that you have with the movie in general. I just knew he was gonna lose. <laughs> well, the yeah, entire I, time. I knew Rock was like, "You're gonna lose in the next scene." But that's the thing; he never loses until the very end. <laughs> and even then, arguably, he doesn't lose. Um, yeah, he got but, his way. That's why he's so boring. He didn't get his way. He did. He did. He did. Yeah, he's like, it. "I want to kill all these robots. I'm gonna do it." <laughs> well he only killed the robots that were in the ziggurat it's clear that there's like yeah but he he probably he was doing it the intention he ended of up liberating the robots and t- he kind of did bro he was bricked up when he pressed that button <laughs> yeah, he was he was like i'm gonna sa- i'm gonna save my dad from being killed by robots by killing my dad <laughs> You know, you <laughs> he had to make him. he had to make a tough choice. He had to make a tough call. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, I I think we should move on to to some of the more uh, positive things that we have to say on the movie before we get uh spend too much time on the plot. But uh, since we're I, on the explosion, I, I was going to say I love that last scene. Like as soon as Tima falls and that song starts playing, and you just see explosion yeah. after explosion it's really beautiful the, um, yeah when it's absolutely silent you just see the shot of the ziggurat it explodes and then just i can't stop loving you mm-hmm. like starts up that to me when i first saw that part of the movie i was just i'd like set my hands down i was like i'm there, just gonna lean back and let the movie happen at me <laughs> there's something about destruction with a great soundtrack that just it, it's it's lovely i mean that's uh one of my movies dr strange love that's that happens in that it's just like whenever i see that i'm like yeah it's what it, can i say i like it it's it's so good it's when lovely in this movie yeah when you're hearing the dr strange love doesn't have downtown does it no <laughs> so, okay no i think that's a vietnam movie yeah, no. So I I love that part. Um, I love watching Tima just smack the shit out of Kenichi to "Can't Stop Loving You." Uh, that I I don't know why I just I just love that. I just love that. And all the time, like the entire time, he's just begging her to stop. Great, <laughs> great scene. <laughs> What'd you guys think of it? <laughs> I mean, I, I, like like you all said, the visuals are amazing, and I love. Uh, just the the match of the silence with the music and the colossal destruction of the city. It was super cool to see, but again, I didn't care about Kenichi's relationship with Tima. I didn't care about Tima, so I was just kind of going like, okay, I want to see the rest of this ziggurat fall. I know Kenichi's going to live and she's going to die, so let's, let's get on with it. Yeah, I'll uh, win the... I was already pretty checked out. Um, and then the silent explosion happens and the song starts playing. I was like, all right, all right, this got me back in. And we went back to, uh, Kamichi and, uh, Tima and I was like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Damn shame. Um, it was a shame. I'm sorry. I didn't like this kid being slapped as much as you did, Brendan. I mean, you hated him. I thought you would have liked this part. (laughs) Kamichi, not, he was fine. Well, Okay. Um, I didn't hate him, not as much as Rock. 
No, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, this is the song that I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is why licensing for this to be on like a streaming service is probably like impossible. Cause like, I can't imagine you can license, uh, uh, who sings this song? Uh, what's his name? I don't know. Uh, I don't understand though. Put it together. I I mean, they probably got the license to put it in this movie, right? They didn't do it just behind the artist's back. Well, so but if so, like, what's the problem? Streaming with, licenses and this? stuff like that are are they probably renegotiate certain stuff when they put movies on streaming? And I don't even know who owns this movie. Like, I'm pretty sure between Ryan and I, we have two completely different distributor copies of the Blu-ray. So like, whenever you have like a multi-million dollar track <laughs> in a movie i feel like it makes it difficult especially when the people who made the movie don't exist anymore um but yeah uh then on top of that when we have tima standing on top of like the uh what is it like the uh the rebel uh like hideout and we have that dove land on her shoulder and it starts playing uh and she's listening to saint james infirmary that to me, that is like one of my favorite shots of the movie. Just hearing the music, her hair is like doing that weird, like ethereal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just honestly, like, I just the 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 surprise that I had watching a uh, an animated like an anime movie, or really even an animated movie, where I'm watching something that honestly does resemble a lot of like the uh, the the worst parts of like Redline Chicago while having um saint james infirmary play over it i was like damn this is like tight as hell <laughs> i'm yeah, i'm feeling I, all sorts of ways with the historical implications of this that's kind of where i'm at is like the the story it, it didn't do like a lot for me like i said I, I didn't find it like groundbreaking in the storytelling but the presentation is what i really connected with and yeah. all those shots and the music and everything that's what carried me through so i'm i'm just seeing a completely serviceable, passable movie that I'm enjoying and I'm connected with, and I, I feel it's elevated by the way it's presented. Um, yeah, it's like Inception. And so, like, all those really beautiful shots really <laughs> stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, yeah, no, that I feel the same way. Like, you know, any other movie when it's like, oh, yeah – the bad guys blew up the doctor's hideout. What are we going to do? It's like you sit there and then they like run into the burning building and, and like get the stuff in this movie. There's a like four minute sequence where thousands of these little robots run together while this yeah. intense oh jazz. That was my favorite. Yeah. That scene kicked ass. That was my favorite. Dude. Scene. And the like the weird music with kind of the robotics. Oh, I love that yeah. entire thing. It was so cool. It was cool. like techno jazz. It was great. It, it had 808s and yeah. it had jazz. Like, I'm yeah. Like... And then, and then when that last robot comes in, that's carrying the hose and just attaches itself and boosh, it's great. Uh, like and then all, I, I, all that stuff is so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And then I love all the people arguing in front of the fire about like who started it. And like, they're that close to rioting already. And you just have the robot detective going, Let's calm down, everybody. Let's listen to the authorities here. <laughs> it's, yeah, I love it. Oh, it's that's so a that's another thing. That detective, what was his point? I don't think he had any lasting impact on anyone, and then was just killed. Oh, he had a lasting. Like, I guess he he helped them navigate the yeah. city because he was that was his purpose. But like that could have been any other character. He didn't do anything. Well, I think the point was to show that like. 
to show that humanity that these robots did have, even though he was an older model. Um, and like, I don't know. There is something that that like stuck with me when he sees the the riot approaching him, and he's like, "Hey, you need to get out of here. Like, I'm gonna go talk to them. You know, th- this it's my responsibility to like step in here." And he goes and does it, and just immediately gets fucking destroyed. Um, like, I I really like that part, and I like that conversation he has with the leader of the um, revolution, where. You know, he's yeah, like, like hey, a lot. you know, this is just, you know, this is how humans are. If we weren't like this, we wouldn't be humans. And then he shoots them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that I, is one of those things where I think that it was lost in translation, maybe with the dub. But it was so literal and, and hit you over the head with what it was saying. It, it to me, felt a lot like, like a, uh, I'm 14 and this is deep type quote yeah. of like, <sighs> emotions man i mean kyle if if we were if we were to just take a gauge on how uh revolutionaries talk these days and if this is also supposed to be the future we might be getting something that sounds about on the nose as this i withdraw my point (laughs) (laughs) um but no his debt so yeah, his uh, his purpose in this movie is obviously for that one exchange between him and the revolutionary leader, but his whole impact dies with him because at least like the uncle didn't witness that at all. Well, no, he but it wasn't. It wasn't meant for the. It wasn't meant. It wasn't meant for the uncle to witness. It was meant for Tima to witness. Because Tima did she is, witness it? Yeah, she's with Kenichi when he finds the body. Yeah, but they find the body. They don't. But they that, don't ever. But it's he's been listen brutally, to the exchange there or see it been, happen. He's been he's been brutally. Yeah, but so were all robots. Well, that's the point. Is that was a robot that 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 was a robot that Kenichi had a connection with, and it also establishes that Kenichi is a human that respects robots. Like it's right, it, but then you're talking about it ha- supposed to having effect on on Tima, but Tima yeah. had no connection with him, nor did she know about Kenichi's connection with him. So it meant nothing to her. She just Well she knew robot. about Kenichi's connection with him when Kenichi stops and like basically gives him like final rights. <laughs> He's not stopping and doing that to all the robots. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean I don't know. If that's it, what they were going for, they could have done it in a more interesting way. The, that robot itself I was into him the movies i was like oh he's very stoic and very literal and i'm sure he's gonna say something about the nature of humanity in this relationship with the robots but then that's what we got and i was like oh i'm left unsatisfied hmm. yeah um we also need to mention that that robot's name was pero uh which the which the uh uncle says yeah i named my dog pero hmm. which is a hilarious line that gets me every time just the idea that he named his dog dog <laughs> but in a different language no i i really like this i do wonder what was lost in translation there a lot the sub and the dub because i that scene i thought was especially powerful i mean it was just like despite all of the negative calling being named dog and (laughs) literally being a servant to these investigators and everything just he's willing to kind of put it all out there and stand up to this force and there's just a lot of misunderstanding and um tension i felt in that scene i i thought it was really well executed that was one of my favorite scenes yeah no i i really like it too but that's that's because i have a broken brain and i really like shitty dubs and i take i don't know like 
to me, I read those shitty dubs as being like as authentic as the like original Japanese dub for some reason. So it hits me just as hard as I think it hit you, even though the performance is like by many, many degrees worse. I I, I just <laughs> feel like even without the performance, so the the artistic value of that scene is oh, really yeah. something. Just I, like the the really subtle animation of him. I, I mean, you realize five seconds before it happens what is about to happen. I mean, and I guess you know what's going to happen before the scene even really begins. But I think all that animation is really, really effective and very clearly demonstrates the kind of tension and everything. So Yeah, yeah no. but... So the performance of the dub isn't what I have a problem with. I think it's just the nature of translating from one language to another. It was just so literal. And so you're talking about the very subtle animation. That's juxtaposed with the very literal interpretation yeah. of what they're talking about. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I want to go back I, and watch that scene I in Japanese. I am really curious about the sub, I must say. I, I'm I, guessing it. I mean, it was just like I didn't get that at all. and emotions make us do bad things and you're a robot by... Yeah, I didn't get that impression. <laughs> like, and that's something that I that, that always bothers me. So I I wonder if I would like it a lot less if it was the dub. I I can't say obviously, but well, if if this one wins, we'll uh, we'll have to do a swap where Ryan watches the uh, the dub and we all watch the sub. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, animation wise, we've talked about it frequently was there anything that stuck out to anyone as being like especially visually appealing for me uh, just... i really oh okay i was gonna say no, I, go I really like there's a couple shots where they use like rocks sunglasses to frame a scene i really like that those parts where it's like he's about to shoot someone and you're looking at their expression through mm-hmm. his sunglasses really like stuff like that there's a lot of really fun uh visuals like that in this movie where they're like using um like a, a glass or something as as a lens almost uh very fun stuff outside of all the like glitz and glamour of the animation that those small moments really stick out to me i uh i liked any scene where there were not humans in it <laughs> um and i mean that like legitimately so like again like the fire uh fire sequence was awesome anytime there were a lot of moments where it was just we're just gonna show the amazing artwork and put this bomb ass score behind it and those were the parts where i was like yeah i can't even deny it this is fantastic um but yeah i really uh i'm I'm glad the art style worked for all of you like i i truly i would i and again it's just one of those things like we talked about before like with if there's a CGI overload, if you're looking at something and it is not visually stimulating, let alone visually off-putting, it's really hard to pay attention to it. Did you gonna... dislike the art style for the humans or just in general? I loved the look of the robots. I thought they were super the world. Cool. Yeah. So and just the, the humans. Just the humans. Okay. Yeah. Kyle like, was sitting there going, are they all allergic to something? Did they get stung by <laughs> bees? What's going on here? It's like I just yeah. uh, you're all ugly. <laughs> what happened? What happens else? in the future that makes our wrists swell up that much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I just I appreciate the consistent style, and like I said earlier, I really like the clash of the. It's almost like very realistic Akira like 
gore uh, with the with the robot violence. Oh yeah, um, and you kind of juxtapose. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign. You that. juxtapose the robot that violence was fantastic. Yeah, you you put that alongside these very cartoonish people, and I I really like it. I like how much they committed to it. Um, but the scene that really sticks with me is when they go into that lab, and you get these this golden copper yellow glow, and you just see this like tankard in the middle um, where. Uh, team is being held and it's just metallic and shining and glowing and it's really beautiful i like all the pipes and everything it reminds me of like the the underbelly when they're flying through an akira um, just the kind of level of detail and uh, like perfection that they really strive for i i felt that there i, I felt they really wanted to set the scene there and it paid off i i love that laboratory scene it, it, like all the way through as it leads to the fire and everything as well yeah, it's a super, super pretty movie. I love the attention to detail. Um, for me, the, like the details I liked, which Brendan was kind of talking about briefly about like just little things that are always going on. Like one little moment, insignificant that stood out to me was at the beginning when uh, whatever that character's name is. I, I'm really bad with remembering these characters' names, but he's on stage, kind of giving his speech and and to the whole crowd. And like it kind of starts with like the the camera is in the crowd just looking up at the stage and you just see like a bunch of like silhouettes and side profiles of people in the audience just kind of like looking over and talking to each other and then someone kind of leaves and someone else takes his place and it just looks I don't know I love this little attention mm. to detail because the focus is obviously on the stage but we're getting like kind of fun action of just like regular people doing regular yeah it feels like someone's there right there in the foreground yeah so those little moments I was like oh this is there's there's love and attention going into every little frame here all right well i'd say if unless anyone has anything else they want to add i say we uh we 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 get this show on the road we got votes to cast uh uh, bones to roll yeah i agree you want me to go into final thoughts then since i kicked us off you started us off all right um yeah i I think i've been pretty clear the story didn't do a lot for me but it was 100% 100% serviceable, and it was elevated by the way it was presented. I love the music. I love the art style. There's a lot of shots that really stick with me and a lot of memorable moments and characters that also stick with me. And So this is one that I definitely will be revisiting. Um, I am curious to watch the dub now. I'll pro- Honestly, I might put that on tonight just to see what it's like. Hey, you own it. <laughs> I, yeah, I might not uh, watch Blu-ray. it super closely, but like – I mean, truly, I just, I, I love a unique art style. I, I love commitment and just really focusing in on something and committing to it and, and really going for it. And I feel like this movie does that. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on is the 3D, like the CGI animation. I feel like that bogs down a lot of anime movies like this. And yet in this one, I think it was totally serviceable. I think they fit it well enough with the visual tone of the rest of it that it really didn't bother me too much yeah, for, so for 2001 too which yeah is like... I, I thought it looked really good it looked hand-drawn even though i could tell it was cgi and so it's like i could tell they put a lot of thought and effort into that it wasn't just a cop-out so i appreciated that just like i appreciated the rest of the art in this movie so definitely one i want to revisit in the future i really liked it story-wise like i said serviceable but highly elevated by its uh, presentation so yeah yeah i agree with the cgi it it worked so much better in this movie compared to other movies like even in like 
Studio Ghibli movies. Um, it it just felt like it belonged here. So yeah, kudos to them. But um, in terms of the rest of the movie, <laughs> I feel like the three big parts of a movie are the characters, the plot, and your setting. And only one of those really worked for me. That is the setting. I hated some of the characters and everyone else was, I didn't care for them at all. Um, and the plot, like we've touched on a bunch of times, it was just felt uninspired, felt boring. And the world completely took my interest more than what was going on with these main characters. Um, it's just a story that I feel like didn't belong in such a detailed and interesting world. And you could have told just so much more of an engaging story in a setting like this. Um, so I, I completely agree that it felt like they were just kind of trying to come up with something to just have us take us through the streets and explore this world. And so the story they came up with, I think was just, was just, they didn't do it for me. Is, is this final thoughts? Are we doing final thoughts right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, where? Uh, yeah, hey, I, I, hey! Welcome back! Hey, where welcome back! Where have you been? <laughs> right, thanks, man. Uh, it's been a, it's been a busy couple of days. You know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of driving. I'm real tired. Uh, yeah, I, I I won't rehash here. Um, I think I could have liked this movie, but it would have been a different movie. Which I know is kind of like a, well, yeah, obviously, but like, I don't know, you know what I'm kind of saying? Like, I, yeah. I love a lot of it, right? But like, if you make the changes I would have made, it's not it's not this anymore. It's something yeah. completely it's, different. So, it's probably um, something closer to Blade Runner. Blade Runner mixed with Bioshock. Yeah. You know? um, and, you know, so in, in that regard, like, I'm I want to see that movie. What, Blade Runner or Bioshock? That crossover. Oh, that actually would be kind of sick. Bio um, Runner. You guys want to? You guys want to freaking write a movie? <laughs> I'm down. Ryan, Ryan, if you haven't put together that Kino Clash eventually turns into a screenplay company, then buddy, you need to catch up. Yeah. So I, Forrest uh, Gump goes to Rapture and he meets Bioshock. <laughs> yeah, oh my meets, god, he meets Bioshock. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what we need to do. Like after the like third third round of these, where it's now it's, we pair up two movies and we write a screenplay that blends them together. <laughs> Or, or better yet, we take boat. We take the screenplays for two movies, feed them into like an AI story generator, and then we just generate oh. a story from two screenplays for those two movies. You see, I'm thinking. I'm really take... looking forward to the Green Mile push movie that we create. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I'm thinking we take two movies. We take the protagonists and we come up with hypothetical fights for them then it's a true kino clash Ooh. so we got you know forrest gump uh, versus dread and, and, we got <laughs> and we could also have them like i don't know like sing or maybe like do some sort of hip-hop thing and then we could call it like an epic rap battle of movie <laughs> oh, no. history yeah okay I no like one's this. taking that right like... that's ours right <laughs> i think so. we're not gonna I have think, the i think we can pull this off Anyway, uh, those are all all pending. (laughs) Those are all patent pending ideas. You cannot take those. Yeah, those are trademarked under Kino Clash, assholes. Okay, get your grubby little mitts off our. Yeah, you'll see the filings in the morning. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I like, I, I, I wouldn't recommend this to people, but that's just. 
that's not because I think it's bad necessarily. It just holistically wasn't for me. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's about all I got. Um, okay. Yeah. No ill will. No ill will. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> you look like your friend. Peace and love right now. <laughs> um all right so uh yeah no i love this movie i love this movie uh with every ounce of my being like kyle said this is this is a this is a movie that i could show someone and say like if you want to understand my taste and my interests watch this and you'll get like a solid taste of it um so yeah, I mean, I I love watch this. this movie to get a solid taste of bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love everything about this movie. I I am the first person to say that the plot isn't all together in the dub, and some of the scenes that I think are very uh, moving and stand out maybe don't hold um, up as much in the dub, but. I love awkward voice acting. I love um, this music. I love this world. I love this art style. Um, the fact that this movie isn't more well-known is so shocking to me, considering the amount of care and the like talent of the team behind it. I think that's surprising. I think that it's, it's crazy that I'd this agree. movie is impossible to watch and also unheard of. Um, and it almost has, at least to me, a sort of mythical quality to it because I found this in like a bargain bin at a Walmart. And it's like, how? That's crazy. What was it doing there? But it was. And like, that's something that, you know, Kyle said about his David Copperfield thing where there's sometimes, sometimes a movie hits you right at the right time and feels magical because you just sort of tripped right into it. And that's this for me. This is my David Copperfield, I guess. Um, but unlike Kyle, uh, I don't feel bad about showing it to you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going he to still... nice. Uh, and I'm going to still... No, I mean, this is a key difference here. And I'm going to still recommend it to everyone <laughs> that I can get to watch it because I feel like the world needs to know about this movie. The world needs to hear that beautiful cover of St. James Infirmary that is so strange and moving all at the same time and see how they handle the wealth inequality in the city through these different levels. I like, I think that this movie has so much to offer and I don't care if every single person I tell to watch this movie comes back and says it's dog shit. I'm going to be out <coughs> in the streets on my soapbox throwing discs into the crowd <laughs> until I find someone who's on my side. We can say something about a uh, about his comment on that. No, I think that I think that's a that's a difference worth mentioning between Kyle and I's feelings about movies that we have like that mythical feeling towards. I don't even think that was that mean. It's funny. Uh, no, I don't think it was particularly mean. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to voting, eh? Uh, yeah, I'll start if you don't mind, Kyle. After um, you. This is a peace this and is love. A peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> peace, peace and love. Peace and love. I will not be answering Kyle, any more fan mail. Peace and love. Peace I, and love. I can't wait for you to do your uh, rendition of Imagine. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh God. um 
Yeah, no, I, I, this is a tough one, at least for me. Like, I, I like both of these movies a lot. Obviously, one of them is my favorite movie. Uh, it, it, not my favorite movie, but one of my favorite movies. One of them isn't on that list, but they're both very good uh, to me. They both kind of have a lot of the same themes, and they tackle them in completely different ways. Um, and I think that's what was interesting, and that's why I was excited about this matchup uh, when I saw that it was on the list. Um, I'm going to have to vote for Metropolis for all the reasons that I already mentioned, um, but know that it is not. it is a choice for me, at least, between two fantastic, perfect movies. Uh, so I'm basically just picking the one that I have a special attachment to and not the one that I just like. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, fair enough. Uh, no secret. <laughs> no, fight me. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it in the last one. Um, Kane already operates at such a high bar. I mean, obviously. And then there is just a lot of it that really resonates with me specifically. And that's why of the acclaimed movies, that's the one that's on my list. Um, I get something more out of it than just, oh, I'm watching an acclaimed movie. Um, So yeah, uh, my vote's for Kane. Uh, I love it. Yeah. My vote also goes for Kane. Um, everything I loved about everything, the big thing I loved about Metropolis is the visuals, and Kane has that as well. Um, I love. I think the movie works so well in black and white, and really thrives in black and white, and its use of light, and it's just the limitations that come with black and white, and I think it makes the most out of it. Um, its cinematography and framing, I think, is super creative and super cool um and i've already said enough about my problems with metropolis i just didn't like the plot and i hated some of the characters versus kane i was just the entire time just wondering how did this movie come out almost 100 years ago this is incredibly made and so incredibly ahead of its time um it's not i i wouldn't put in my top 10 movies but I appreciate the hell out of it, and I admire the hell out of it. it. Is and I see why everyone says what they say about it. I it's such an important movie, and it's one of the few movies I've seen that I know all about the hype going into it, and it still ended up delivering for me. And for me, as much as I want to and do side with you, Brendan, I am also voting for Kane. That's um, I think Kane is very much the complete package um it does just pretty much everything i look for in a movie it's it's visually striking it has a really compelling narrative great characters great acting um i think the presentation of metropolis is a lot more memorable and impressive to me but the story it it really just doesn't do a ton for me I think I would probably be in more of a hurry to rewatch Metropolis. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad you had it on your list, and it is one that I will be revisiting. Um, even that, no, even though that at this point it's not moving on, I will be revisiting it because I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm happy to now own it, and I probably will watch it two to three times 
more frequently than I do Citizen Kane. But that's that's not to say I dislike Citizen Kane because I'm voting for it. I, both are really great movies for very different reasons. Uh, Kane just I find more compelling overall, I suppose. Metropolis is just more one that I could see as being a, a, a comfort movie moving forward. So, yeah, that, no, no, uh, no dissing I, I mean, Metropolis. I, I loved it. But I just think uh, Citizen Kane is the better movie that I prefer. Yeah, I mean, if I can give a quick concession speech here, um, I was I, I I thought that this might be a little bit contentious. Uh, I thought I would tie maybe on this one, but I had no. I uh, I'm actually quite surprised that Ryan voted for Kane. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Kane has that classic movie appeal, so I knew I was up against a monolith. But once again, I put that movie on this list because I was like. No one's seen this movie. If I can get three more people to see it, then that's three more people I can say have seen it. Like, to me, it was all about the spread. And I was like, I want I want more people to talk about this movie with. And now I can quote the dub to Kyle when I'm on the phone with him or something. And he's going to just stop and just sit there for a second and go like, you son of a bitch. That's a metropolis <laughs> line. And, and to be you, fair, your, uh, your cast net, it did catch one. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it thoroughly. It's just yeah. yeah. Citizen Kane is just I I consider and that's it fair. a tier above. It's it's so. it, it is in all, for for the like definition of it a better a better movie. Um, it's just not like it's not like someone made a movie just yeah. for me and that was Citizen Kane. Someone made a movie just for me and it was the weird adaptation of Osamu Tezuka's Metropolis. Yeah, so that was somehow made just for me with all the jazz and anime robot schlock I love. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I care more about and am more interested in Metropolis, but yeah, just for what I look for in movies, it's just Kane has to have it. So yeah, all right, all right. Uh, let's With congratulations, that. Kyle. I tip my cap to you. That was that was a that was a well fought match. I uh I again I am a little surprised that I got a three and one on that one. Um, I tip my cap to you. Metropolis was a ballsy pick, and I think uh, everybody did get at least a little something out of it. Um, oh, by the way, the score I... the the score is on Spotify. So if you do want to just listen to those Thank tracks you. again, it Thank is on you. Spotify. Yep, that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, your boy's on a bit of a heater right now, ladies. He is. And gentlemen. He's coming back. <laughs> I I uh, I am not in the dirt. And I think I I think that is my fourth win. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not going positive, but uh, I mean, come on, from where we were a couple <laughs> months ago, <laughs> this uh, has been a roller coaster. <laughs> I think I think I have potential for uh, two more wins. Um, I think okay. I think I can I can snake those out, but uh, we will see. And Green Mile is going to take the uh, the the whole trophy. Completely. So. Oh, Green know. Mile's final four, baby. Green Mile's final four. We're getting to the end. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that yeah, is only because it's uh, up against Push. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's roll them. How many? How many we got, Ryan? What are this uh, is uh, one through? to seven die roll. Roll them bones. Yep, definitely one to seven. All right, in a die roll of one to seven. We get six, which puts us at 
One, two, oh my three, four, five, six. I think oh. I have mine. I'm seeing The Lost City of Zed versus Better Luck Tomorrow. Ooh! Yep, you are right because I. I is that Kyle uh, I and I again? The Citizen Kane. I think that's. It is Alex. not. It is not. I am off the point. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it is Lost City of Zed versus Better Luck Tomorrow. Okay, why are we all saying Zed? Okay, we're all in right here. Um, but also, I- I'm excited for this because I was just about to say, Brendan, when you were saying that this movie, you just kind of want everyone to watch it and. And you just want to share that experience. The Lost City of Z and I in the Sky are those for me, and we've yet to watch those. Um, so they're not hey, all necessarily incredible movies, but I just want to share those experiences with my friends. Yeah, and Better Luck Tomorrow is that for me as well. So it's kind of just like, a, hey, this one's this one's a freebie. I just want to show people this movie. <laughs> Both are new for me. Nice. I have not I seen think, either. I think, okay, uh, also, a quick thing. I think Better Luck Tomorrow is on Amazon Prime. I don't know. That might be another weird one. I got some weird ones coming in in the back half here. uh, (laughs) So I guess we'll also add Better Luck Tomorrow's 13 seed, Brendan's, against Alex's 4 seed, Lost City of Z. So do I go first? So yeah, Better Luck Tomorrow is up first. Okay. So yeah, I think that's And it's on Prime. It is? Very cool. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, this is one I've I watched Lost City of Zed with Alex. Enough with the Zed. Uh, five years ago, I think. Uh, uh, I'm saying it because I'm making fun of them as a people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny they, they say quite... Zed. <laughs> Actually, I uh, I'm completely with them, and I think we should also start calling it a Zedbra. But uh, for to each their own. They also call zero not. Do they really? Yeah, like 0.5 is not 0.5. Like, can we not? Ah, see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> what about what about aluminium? But, How do you guys feel about that? I mean, that's objectively cool. Uh, I aluminium. believe in aluminium. Yeah. 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 Hey, Alex, did you have a British science teacher too, or was? No. Okay. Alex is British. Okay. Yeah. Alex now, reformed my, my science, so that we would make science fun of him. Teacher. <laughs> yeah. My sixth grade science teacher got arrested for using her child to, for shoplifting. Oh, oh, gross. The child, which, yeah, I, I was I was in her class when she was pregnant with that child. So that's, that was fun to see that all come full wow, circle. Wow, that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like Simba. But yeah, not um, British. It's, exactly. like, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> um, so our, I guess we will be coming back then with Better Luck tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. That'll yep, how we. That, that, that'll be what episode twenty six. Yeah, something like that. Is that right? Or is that twenty five? All right, let's let's hear that beautiful bye bye. All right, bye bye everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs>